Do you know what's Grab's losses so far? I think more than I think more than that, right? Fifteen billion. <laughs> and this is after nearly doubling the Grab cost post Grab COVID in twenty twenty two. Losses to date is fifteen billion US dollars. Yes. After raising twenty two billion. All right. Net cash. If you take out uh, what they have marketable securities. Uh, Before we begin the podcast, have you gotten your free ebook? It's called the Build a Six-Figure Portfolio Guidebook. Now, inside it, we share with you the tips and tricks to bring your stock investing skills to the next level. The best part, it's only 10 pages long and it's totally free. Whether you're on Spotify or YouTube, the link to download is in the description or you can go to www firl.co slash f-r-e-e or www.firo.co slash free Hello everyone, welcome back to the Firo Podcast Best Place for Long-Term Story Investors Today we have um, a return Yeah, a returnee which means right. it's good <laughs> Which is good Which means it's good and the first time He'll be here physically. Correct. Like last time we did through Zoom, thanks to, I don't know, the 67th MCO, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, welcome back uh, to the podcast, uh, Pankaj. Yeah, thanks guys for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Something different. Uh-huh. Yeah? And I want to say your studio is quite impressive. Thank you. Yeah? Thank you. Uh, for a small setup, but you have everything. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, for those of you are wondering, uh, you know, you guys can actually, or maybe we'll put it in the cards or you can just, you know, YouTube it yourself. Uh, to see our first interview with uh, Pankaj, to hear his life story and That's all right. of that, how, yeah. he get into, how he got into the industry. Um, but yeah, some context, he's a columnist for The Star. Yeah. And you know, we've been enlightened a lot by right. uh, his articles. And we're going to actually talk a lot about his thoughts when it comes to many, many things. Yes. Right? Yes. Now, I, I want to start off by asking you, like, globally. Mm. Uh. Right? I think the big topic is inflation. It was a big... It has been a big topic for the past six months. Yeah. But six months ago, it was more among, you know, fund managers, yeah. people yeah. in the industry, the corporate world. Uh, today, especially, you know, with our chicken situation, yeah. with <laughs> Singaporeans coming over to Correct. pump petrol. Correct. Uh, now on the ground, you're starting to feel inflation, really, yes. right? So yes. maybe I want to start off by asking you, what do you agree with the consensus that really this is a supply issue when it comes to inflation, the cost? Well, I, I, I think I've commented about this before. And I did say that, yes, it is a supply constraint issue mm. uh, resulting in, you know, not enough uh, raw materials yep. uh, or produce uh, being, being uh, sent to manufacturers so that, you know, supplies can be matched and all that. But at the same time, what has happened, if you look back yep. over the... Post-COVID, especially. Mm, Post-COVID. Mm, mm. We have, I mean, globally, maybe things have adjusted to a certain extent. Yeah? Yes. Because demand reduced yes, because yes. of COVID. Correct. And then suddenly you have pent-up demand. Correct. 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 And when you have pent-up demand, uh, supply is trying to match that demand. Mm. Yeah. But if you look at global in terms of how COVID was happening, different parts of the world was having covid in a different stage. Correct. Mm. Yeah, China had it first. Yes. You know, then you had US and you had Europe. You know, India had a massive one. You know, so different countries had a different 
cycle. Their yeah? peak and the their peak and the throw is different. Correct. Yeah. So every country experienced differently, mm. and at the same time. As you know, today we are all very globalized. Yes. Yeah. So supply chain can be affected. Correct. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. one country is having a lockdown, another country is having a thriving economy. You know. So you see these things mixing. Yeah. In the in the sense that while everyone is trying to pump up in terms of supply because of the demand. Yeah. A uh, pent up demand, but they are not able to get what they want to. Like even today, uh, car manufacturers, for example, yeah. having it tough. Yeah. Because of semiconductor. Uh, issues and 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 parts and uh, I think even in Malaysia you won't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Yes, floods. Yeah, yeah, floods affected production yeah. of cars. Yeah. Yeah. I was told like yesterday somebody told me uh, Proton. If you want to order a car today, yeah, it's a eight months waiting list. Ooh, Ooh. yeah, because their plant was affected because mm. of the flood. That's crazy. Yeah, so going back to the issue about supply and demand. Yes, we had actually a demand induced. Uh, what do you call pressure first because of the opening up of the economy, but because supply couldn't match the mm-hmm. demand, then and because of supply disruption, cause material prices to go up. Mm. All right, so that actually induced inflation even more. Right, it was not demand driven first, but it was supply. All right, so now you have a situation where uh, inflation is is everywhere. Yeah, from 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 US to Australia. I think Europe is eight over percent as well. Yep, yep. Of course, Malaysia we still have two point two percent for whatever <laughs> yeah. reason. Yeah, so, just change the basket goods, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's that's another story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, inflation is still there, and in fact, the way I look at it, it has been a way how uh, perhaps the Fed was addressing the issue. Mm. Yeah, uh, the Fed was, as I said before, Fed was in denial. Yeah, they thought that inflation was temporary, yeah, not persistent. Yeah, so they didn't act. Yeah, they allowed inflation to continue to go up, and of course, as you know, uh, the Fed looks at uh, uh, PCE, yeah, mm. personal consumption expenditure, uh, and and target is two percent. And although that already surpassed long time ago, uh, the Fed didn't act. Yeah, even up to November last year, the signs were already there, and the Fed only started acting this year. So they were behind; they are behind the curve. And today, they are planning to play catch up. Right. They've already raised seventy-five basis point. Uh, market, in fact, I was just doing some work this morning, and market is looking at about two point seven five to three percent this year. Yeah. You are talking about another two hundred basis point higher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, just to catch up on inflation pressure, mm. but at the same time, if you look at the global picture, yes, inflation has gone up quite a bit, but it looks like it's going to peak. Right, so the way I look at it, perhaps in the next few months, um, you may see some uh, tapering in terms of the readings as far as inflation is concerned, and maybe the Fed doesn't need to yep. raise that much anymore. And of course, the other thing that is affecting markets, if you talk about markets, is of course uh, the Fed's uh, quantitative tightening, yeah, which starts this month, ninety-five yeah. billion dollars a month for the next twelve months, uh, which will take away about a trillion or shrink its balance sheet by a trillion dollars. Uh, that affects liquidity in the market as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. They are shrinking from a balance sheet of four to five uh, trillion. No, uh, close to nine trillion. Wow. Okay, I, I need. To I think the last I saw now. was eight point nine tri- trillion. Okay. okay. Yeah. This is pre-COVID numbers. Uh, Pre-COVID was head. four point something. Yes. Yeah. I got the pre-COVID <laughs> numbers. Okay, nine trillion. So okay, still yeah, a ten percent yeah. reduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
Well, that's Fed's plan. Right. Yeah. Uh, but of course, plans can change. Yeah. Depending yeah. on data. Yeah. Depending on what's happening. And before you know it, we'll be in recession. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't actually see uh, rates going up that much. Yeah. I think yes, the Fed is uh, persistent, and market do expect a June 50, mm-hmm. a July 50. Mm. Uh, thereafter, it's anybody's guess. Yeah. Right. Although market is still looking at 25 each. Each. Yeah. Uh, but you may see a pause. Uh, because if numbers don't come out, I mean, if numbers become tame, especially inflation as well yeah. as economic growth, yeah. Fed will pull back. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. do you so think that is your cue actually? I that see. is your cue. But do you think the Fed can actually stop it? Because I think you wrote about this in one of your uh, uh, recent articles about stagflation, right? Yeah. Is this actually something that the Fed? can stop just like it was during the 70s and 80s? Well, the Fed is trying to tackle yeah. the inflation pressure that it's seeing. Yeah? Uh, and the only way it can do is doing this, yeah? by fighting inflation. By Those using, are the only levers. They... Yeah, correct. Mm. Your bullets are kind of limited. Mm. Yeah? What else can you do? Yeah? Because certain things are not within your control. Yeah. Especially if you talk about supply disruption, the war in Ukraine, in Ukraine yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't do much about it. Those are really like, in a way... Beyond your, yeah. beyond your control. It's really like a black swan event. Yeah, so way. what you can do is control what you can control. Mm. Yeah? And that is using monetary uh, measures, yeah? uh, which includes, of course, raising interest rates. Uh, of course, the Fed is also trying to reduce liquidity mm. yeah? by, by, by uh, shrinking its balance sheet. Mm. Uh, but of course, it has an effect on the market as well. For sure. Yeah? We're already yeah. seeing... Uh, as you can see, uh, the the Nasdaq and S and P five hundred they've all yeah uh, dropped significantly this year uh, because of selling and all that. Yeah, I I like to peel back on two because you raised a lot of points and I want to <laughs> peel back a little bit more on on two. I would say perhaps nuances that um, rather than just uh, quantitative numbers, mm. it's more about nuances of culture. So. What the Fed is trying to do with these levers and, and, and increasing interest rate is something that Japan has been trying to do for a very, very long time. And yet, they have not hit any of the inflation targets in a way, right? That's one. <laughs> uh, the second question is with regards to things like supply disruption. So, you know, Port of Shanghai is so congested today. Do you think that with just monetary levers, can they alleviate that? Because unless they sort out that supply chain issue, right? It's not just being just raw materials, animal feed, whatever. It's really like even getting goods yeah. that are finished to the port of destination. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, right? yeah. So when you talk about supply disruption, yeah. you got to understand what caused that supply disruption. Mm. Yeah. So for example, transportation of goods yes. from point A to point B. Correct. What is the bottleneck? Yes. Is it the clearance at the custom or is it not enough ships? You know, shifting rates are sky high. Correct. Right, so what are the cause of this disruption? Mm. So using monetary term, monetary uh, uh, measures mm. to address supply issues yeah. may not be the answer. Exactly, yeah. that's the point. It's just like how Bank Nagara, yeah. you know, is saying that oh, let's raise twenty five basis point OPR, yeah. but does it address the issue? Yeah. <laughs> because inflation in Malaysia officially <laughs> is 2.2%. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. All right? And Bank Nagara itself said that it's comfortable with inflation and expect inflation to be at 2 to 3% this year. Mm, wow. So it's already within that range. So why do you raise interest rates? Yeah? So are you addressing... Let like me talk about chicken issue, right? Yeah, yeah, are yeah. you addressing the supply disruption in the chicken business? Yeah, how do we solve it? Do you, what, what's, your, what's your take well, on it? Well, I think the government actually had it. All ah. right? They were supposed to provide 
some subsidy mm-hmm. to the breeders. Yes. Yeah, in terms of feedstock and don't know what not. But money never came. Yes. You know, I mean, from what I read. Yeah, yeah. from what I read too. It was supposed to be it 700. Says that, yeah, 700 million, million and only like 10% dispersed. dispersed. Yeah. So where is the balance? <laughs> Alright, so if I'm a breeder, I say, hey, look, hello, I'm not going to run this chicken yes, business yes. if I'm going to lose money. Yes. You know, why would I? Because you see, uh, your upside is capped. Yeah. Your feed cost is rising. Correct. You're being squeezed, you know. Correct. Why would I want to... And buy? then you hold exports some more. Yeah, exactly. So, right. so, you have a situation <laughs> where the government's measures, rightly, I mean, sometimes on paper they do it right, yeah, but yeah. in reality... Implementation. It's not there. Yeah. So then you have situation where you make wrong decisions. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you say, okay, let's stop exporting to Singapore. Yeah. Is that does that solve the issue? That's crazy. <laughs> we were in Singapore last weekend, Pankaj, uh, uh, and I was telling them I'm from Malaysia. The first thing the taxi driver told me, uh, why you people, you know, it's so unfair. Yeah, I'm I, was, like, I was in Blacker uh, yesterday. Uh, and <laughs> my brother-in-law from Singapore also came up. Oh, so, uh, so we were also talking about chicken issues. So <laughs> we were on both on a day trip, right? Uh, uh. KL. KL Mlecker and he's Singapore Mlecker. Uh-huh. So I said, before you go back, make sure you stop in JB and have your chicken rice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, because, I mean, you see, it affects people's lives. Correct. It affects businesses. Correct. You know, in Singapore, chicken rice is also a... a staple. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. so it affects businesses, you know, and uh, of course... One thing about Singapore, they, they are very fast. Yes. I mean, the moment you say that I'm not going to supply you, quickly, they will look for alternatives. Yes. Thailand, Indo- uh, Indonesia, Australia. Australia, even US. Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. Yes. Even chicken from Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, but of course, these are all frozen, not yes. live chicken. Yeah, yeah of yes, course. Yes. Boon taste is good, but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Still <laughs> it's, it's, it's good enough. Right? It's good enough. You'll take it, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know... I, I want to talk about Malaysia a little bit later on, but... Uh, uh, but there's one more part. Uh, yeah, Japan. about Japan. Oh, yeah, Japan, but yes, Japan. I, I think that, that question that you posed on Japan, I tend to disagree. You okay, know why? please, please. Because Japan had a... For the longest time, Japan had a problem achieving inflation. Correct, target. correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. They're trying to reflate the economy over and over again, and yeah. they couldn't. Yes. Even up to today. Yes. Yeah. All right? And you will be surprised if you go to Japan. Prices today in Japan are probably cheaper than they were 10 years ago. Precisely. Yeah, that's crazy. So this is what you call like a deflation. Yeah, right? yeah. It's lost, lost decade, whatever you call it. Yeah. Right? So Japan having it very different compared to the rest of the world. Th- that's why I'm, uh, the, the point, I, I was trying to bring this into discussion. In a sense and, that, and that is why uh-huh. Japan doesn't have pressure to raise rates. Ah, and that's why okay. yen is weakening. Mm. Yen is at 130 today. Mm, mm, mm. All right? Mm, mm. From I think what? Beginning of the year one was six. One, one, three, one, one, five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so it's down like 10 12 percent yeah yeah actually actually now that you mentioned that right what do you is is it would you attribute the recent ringgit depreciation because of us not raising rates as fast as the US or you you would say that there's an alternative reason? well I, I I tend to uh, not agree with what the a lot of people are saying that mm, okay, okay ringgit is weak it's mm. not the ringgit is weak it's the dollar that is strong strong index. right yeah dollar index if you look at it is up a lot. Dollar is up like 11% against yen, yeah. 9-10% against the euro. Mm. It's also up against the Aussie dollar. Yeah. It's also up against the Korean won. Only thing, if you look at relatively, when you look at Thailand, Indonesia, Singapore and Philippines, the ASEAN countries, the ringgit is the weakest. Mm. All right, we are down like 5%. Yep. The rest of the currency is down between 2 to 4%. Mm. Right. So we are down a bit more than them. But when you look at globally, mm. yeah, it's not the ringgit itself. It's actually the dollar. 
The yeah. devil are in the details. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, currency is always relative. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, you, you cannot just take one measure and say, oh yeah, dollar is uh, ringgit is stronger. Oh yeah, ringgit is weaker. Yeah, so, you, you got to yeah. take certain perspective in terms of trying to compare. The struggle is most currencies are always looked in pairs. Yeah. Of course, but, they Yeah, and th th that's why when you brought it up about looking at a basket, that, that's where you should measure rather yeah, than yeah. being relative. I just look at one pair. Cannot, cannot. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, and you know why dollar is strong? Yeah. Dollar is strong because Fed is expected to raise interest rates. Yes. Yeah. Simple as that. Yes. yes. Right? Yeah. And you know, dollar being a safe haven currency, mm. naturally, money will flow. Yeah? Uh, and of course, at the same time, I mean, you saw how US treasuries have really moved. Yeah? So, obviously, yeah. it looks much more attractive today than it was maybe six months ago. Yeah. It, on, on this, it just triggered, you know, um, there was a sell-down of uh, the Chinese on US treasuries. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, what's your take on that? I mean, if you look at it purely from a quantitative measure, now will be one of the best times to buy treasuries with, with in, uh, rising rates. So? Um, <laughs> okay, I mean, that, that's one school of thought. What were your thoughts? What are your thoughts, in a way? I would say yes and no. La. Okay. Uh, there would be still some weakness as far as uh, US treasuries are concerned, mm. yeah, because rates are still continue to rise. Mm. Yeah, market is pricing forward a bit yep. to a certain extent. Mm. Uh, yes, the tenure has actually uh, appreciated a bit. Yeah, from if you look at yield, mm. from three point two is about two point seven five now. I think if I'm thereabouts. Mm. Uh, but that is different perspective. Why it happened? Yeah, because some of the inflation numbers that came out recently was a bit. I mean, still there, but mm. it didn't really go up anymore. Like, it was within expectation. Mm. So market kind of happy to see that. Or maybe inflation has peaked. Right? So that's why we saw some rally back into the treasuries. Mm, but yeah. I reckon the US treasuries will continue to weaken. I see. Yeah. Uh, going back to 320 is definitely mm -hmm. on the cards. Okay. Yeah, but whether it will depreciate even more, it depends on Fed's move. Understand. Yeah. So, so understand. at this point in time, right, I, I just have a, this is a wild question. I think few people are asking, or maybe ah. I, I'm not <laughs> reading enough, but. Um, do you th what do you think at this kind of environment would cause the Fed to actually drop rates? Because I'm hearing I'm hearing very sm small voices yeah, that yeah. you know they raise the rates. Yep. Yes. Okay. You might curb you might curb inflation. Yeah. But what actually ends up happening is that now you are putting pressure on the balance sheets of companies. Yeah. So when that happens, well, what happens to your stock market? Yeah. It drops. Well, when the stock market drops, people's pensions also drops, right? Especially in the US. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts? Like, do you think that dropping rates is a realistic scenario? Uh, it really be, be data dependent, first yes. of all. Okay. And the biggest data that uh, the Fed will be looking at is the inflation data, PCE. Mm. All right? Mm -hmm. If it sees PCE has already peaked and started to drop a bit, then it probably can put the its pedal, its sure. foot off the pedal, yeah. Right. In the sense that it may not raise rates. Just let it cool. Whether up. it mm. cuts, mm. that will mm. depend on economic numbers. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If GDP growth were to slow down a lot more, consumer confidence, retail sales, yes. housing starts, you know, all those starts to falter, then you see the Fed starting to cut. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. do you think and it's maybe it was probably probably may even stop it's quantitative tightening. I, I really don't think Fed is going to go all the way. No. <laughs> yeah? Fed says about 95 billion yeah. a year. Yeah. They may do a few months. I mean, 95 billion a month. They may do it for a few months. But the moment they see that things are not really working out, they will just pull back. Wow. wow. That's I, what I think. I, I think the world is just so... 
complex. You it's not to, easy to manu- maneuver. No, it's not. It's not. When you have a very high inflation rate, yes. yeah, and growth. I mean, you are just coming out of pandemic, <clears throat> yeah. Mm. You of course, early on the numbers were all spectacular because on year and year comparison, low base, blah blah blah. But now you are back to normal, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And once you are back to normal, you are not going to see that spectacular growth anymore, yeah. So yeah. growth, as you know, is always a comparison. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So when you already have a big jump, you you can't jump anymore. Yeah. So you'll see some tapering. Yeah. Even inflation, you're seeing eight percent today, but do you? You are not going to see eight percent next year. Right. Next year, this month, inflation print will not be eight percent because it's yeah. very high base. Correct. Oil price at hundred and twenty dollars. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. So I have to ask you because I think John and I weren't actually born yet during the seventies stagflation, right? Uh, I was I, born, but I don't know what yeah. stagflation was. <laughs> oh, okay. But do you? But I, I'm not sure if you've done any homework on this. But it sounds like again the war stories back in the seventies. I hear from my parents and people in their fifties and sixties is that it was pretty bad, right? Gas people were lining up for gas. Do Do you think that uh, we're gonna given, go back there? Yeah. How How far are we from that? Actually, okay. I think I wrote about this. Actually, yes, I, that, which is why I want to ask you. Yeah. Um, if you compare seventies and now, yeah, yeah, two out of three conditions are present today. Ah, mm. ah, okay. All right. One is, of course, uh, we have a slowing growth. Yep. We have very high inflation, but we don't have an unemployment problem. Hmm. Huh. All right. Those days in the seventies, unemployment was a big problem. This was the Phillips curve uh, discussion, right? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, I can't recall. Okay. That anyway, one. doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. So, continue. Unemployment. Yeah. So, but today, if you look at US. Or even Malaysia, for example, yeah. unemployment. I mean, as far as official data is concerned, mm-hmm. it's not an issue. Mm-hmm. All right. In fact, labor market remains very tight yep. in the US. Uh, average uh, average hourly earnings is still rising like five percent year on year. All right. So there's no pressure. So the the three ingredients required, yeah, if you want to talk about stagflation, it's not there. Mm. It's only two out of three. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't see it coming. Yeah, and I think. I mean, of course, the Fed is trying to do a, as usual, soft landing. Mm. Uh, whether they are able to do so or not, only right. time will tell. I understand. Yeah. It's interesting that you brought up those three conditions because um, over the past few days, I've been out eating. And, <laughs> and um, just my, my, my family, Ob- some of my observation. family. Observation. Yeah. So I was just asking, there was a place where I re- we regularly go uh, and they normally open for dinners on a, on a Saturday. You know, Saturday is the best time to make money for yeah, a restaurant, yeah, right? Saturday yeah. night. They closed. Oh, hmm. and I asked them why they can't hire. They ha- can't hire. And, yeah. and uh, on Thursday evening, I was asking, uh, um, how what's the attrition rate for your? It was quite a high end restaurant, so we asked, what's the attrition rate? He said, you want to ask ask someone to wash plate uh, and wash cups uh, You want to guess what's the going rate right right now on a pankaj? Thousand eight. Two five, no one wants to come. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I was like, I was shocked. Yeah, but that's that's more than. Uh, the median salary of the Malaysian. Exactly. 50% of Malaysian yeah. don't even earn 2,100. Yeah, so obviously it's not just to wash the cups, lah, but it's also to, to serve guests. But even then, 2,500, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. This I was like, oh, okay. So to your point about you know those, those three things, the other thing I want to ask, maybe probe a little bit deeper, is that in the 1970s, a lot of employment was uh, from very big multinationals mm. or SMEs. But today you see a, a big rise in what we call the gig economy. Oh, yes. A lot of freelancers and all that. Yeah. So do you think that impacts and then skews a little bit of this unemployment data? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Uh, as you know, 
I think the not in Malaysia, but I think globally is a trend. Correct. Yeah, especially because of COVID. Yeah. Yes. Uh, some you have this great res- resonation. You yeah. talk about it. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and a lot of them are going on freelance basis. Correct. You know, yeah. and they think they feel more comfortable doing it. They can earn their own money, their own time. You know, so this is a trend, global mm. trend. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. So to a certain extent. I mean, you give the example, oh, 2,500 ringgit as a dishwasher. Yeah. You know, some people may think, well, why would I want to bother if I can earn more than that? <laughs> yeah, as a, yeah, yeah. Grab, you know, as a freelancer that, yeah. or a yeah, grab driver, you know, or, or, or food delivery. Yeah. You know, I earn even more than that. Yes. And so, I have time flexibility. I have time flexibility. I think that's the biggest catch. Yes. Time flexibility. And today, you know, our roads are so bad. Yes. Traffic jam. You know, if you are going to work in KL, you're going to waste two hours a day Precisely. just going up and down. Precisely. Yeah. And yeah. that two hours is so precious that you can do so many things. Uh, I usually listen podcasts. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's, that's me. Like, I cannot. <laughs> so to summarize, will you agree that really the difference between now and 70s is the tech? Like, the think, technology that has enabled all I, sorts I of jobs. I think the other thing appear. also, yeah. you, you have right. to understand, globally, right, in 1970s, oil as mm. an input yes. of manufacturing or as a production cost Huge. is high. Mm. Yeah, mm. So the impact is significant. Mm. Today, oil is not so. Mm. Not so. Yeah, so yeah. even oil is 120, 150. It, it doesn't have that kind of impact anymore yes. compared mm. to the 70s. I think it's the rise of also alternative. I mean, in the if, I know in China, it's still very coal-dependent. Yeah, yeah. Fossil fuel stuff. Fossil fuel yeah. dependent. But with the rise of a lot of alternative energy, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying it would take over oil in the short term, but I think in the 70s, I yeah. doubt there was solar. I mean, I wasn't born. No, no solar, no, no electric, hi- no hydro battery. Hydro was also very small. Very small. Yeah. So oil was a very big factor. I see. This in a, terms this of production. Yeah, 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 yeah. In terms of employment also. Yeah, probably. exactly. But yeah. today, nobody wants to work for, like, not many want to. The triple D, choice, ma- the dirty, yeah, the dangerous. And yeah. Yeah. They want to work for the tech yeah. companies yeah. and all that. Yeah, so it's a very different scenario. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to put you in a hot seat now. Very, very hot seat. <laughs> right? um, That's why we blast the aircon so cold, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hypothetically, you are now uh, the... Governor of Bank Negara. Ah. <laughs> uh, you are seeing what's happening around the world. Mm. You are seeing what's happening Malaysia in Malaysia. Mm. What would be your biggest concerns and how will you go about solving it? Of course, inflation will be one of them. I think Malaysia, Malaysia's problem is actually wages. Hmm. Mm. And of course, maybe to a certain extent, it's also about um, the mismatch of jobs mm. yeah, between... Uh, people who are coming out of universities and they are not, you know, uh, meeting the labor market requirement mm, and mm, that kind mm, of thing. Mm, so mm. there's a mismatch there. Mm. And of course, wages. I think I talked about this before as well. Yeah. I mean, yes, government has raised minimum wage 1,500, you know, but it, it, it has to elevate everyone. Yeah? Oh, actually, In just to pause you there, right? Uh, just yeah, to your then. point, right, on the minimum wage, right? Mm. For those listening and for those uh, to show how uh, little effect it has right on true <laughs> wages, right? We actually spoke to people at Seven Eleven because yeah. these are the guys hiring minimum wage workers a lot. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They say, "Oh, is this going to impact you?" And you know what they said? Say, "No, it's okay. We just raise our prices. Right? Doesn't matter." Yeah. <laughs> okay. They, I, I have written about this as well, mm, and yeah. and I can tell you actually wages as a percentage of cost is actually very small. It's mm. not significant. Yes. All right. So and then of course. Uh, for example, if a small company, for example, hires 10 people, how many of those 10 people are in minimum wage category? Exactly. Yeah. All right. If there's only 2%, you're going to raise your salary by 30%, for example, whatever it is. All right. How does it impact your wage cost? 
very small. Insignificant. Insignificant. So all these noises that you hear, mm. oh, which minimum wage cannot afford, you know, it's all bullshit. <laughs> you know, it's they can afford it very well. Yeah. If you take, I have done one study earlier. I think this was in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Wages as a percentage of revenue, yeah, among listed companies. Mm-hmm. I took the biggest company in 13 sectors. Okay. It's only, uh, was it? Yes, yeah, it was only about 10%. Wow. All right? And it ranged between 5 to about 14, 15% thereabouts. I mean, certain industries are a bit higher. Okay. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, but on average, only 10%. Then if you take out... And you take out how many people are in minimum wage? Yeah, you take out... And then you take out director fee, you yeah. take out all the, the top echelons, right? Yeah. The guys at the bottom, uh, it's like... Yeah, people in public bank, uh, minimum wage will nothing. Go, right? Yeah, yeah. Alright? So all these are just noises. Yeah, so we should pay our people better. Yes. Yeah? So that they can afford. Because okay. when you have a situation where people cannot afford, a lot of things can happen. Yeah. You know... They can't make ends meet. Yes. If they don't make ends meet, what do they do? They borrow. Mm. Huh? Yep. Whether it's a loan or personal loan or don't know what not. All right. Or they steal. Yeah. All right. Uh, or corruption mm. as well. Mm. Exactly. Yeah? Exactly. So all this has an effect, you know. Yeah. You know because they can't make ends meet. Yeah. So yep. what do they do? You see. So wages actually is a biggest issue. I, I, the way I look at it. So based Malaysia on what you just told me, I realize I put you in the wrong hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> the Bank Nagara governor cannot solve the yeah, yeah, issue yeah. in Malaysia, right? Cannot, Let me cannot. put you into a bigger hot seat, which is the Prime Minister's seat. <laughs> how how, okay, how will Bangkok solve the wage? Uh, I will give you a wage. very good answer okay. as far as the Prime Minister is concerned. Okay. All right? If I'm the Prime Minister of Malaysia, I'll do, just do two, two okay. things. Okay. One, of course, I will ban anyone or any political party which is race-based or religious-based. Okay. Ah, okay. All right? We don't need that. Yes. Yeah? We Just only put it need... aside. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to move forward as one. Yes. All right? Whether we are Malay, Chinese, Indian, Kazakhstan, whatever we yeah. are, yeah. we are all Malaysians. Yes. So it doesn't matter whether what race you are, what religion you are, yeah. what political party should be championing people's rights. Yes. Mm. Right? Not about race, not about religion. Yes. Yep. Simple as that. Yes. Okay. Right? That's Second mm. is of course to lift up the standard of education in this country. Oh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Because as you can see, there's a vast disparity oh, yeah, yes. between people who can afford uh, education I mean, we all pay taxes, yes. but we don't send our children to national schools yes. for reasons you all know mm-hmm. why. Yes. Yeah? So, we need to close that gap. Yeah? We need to have better educators. Yes. We need to have a system that is consistent. You know, our children should not be, what do you call, uh, uh, guinea pigs yes. in terms of new syllabus and don't know what not. Now, no more. Uh, P- they PT3. just removed PT3. Yeah, right? yeah. Crazy. My wife just told me yesterday. I says, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so you see, we, we need to move forward in that sense, you know, because you need to get your basics right. Yeah. Once you get your basics right, right, then the country can move forward. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Ah. So I have to ask a follow-up then, because I think if you ask most people in the country, or even globally, right, all of them will agree that they want better education. But the question is, what is what ought to be considered better education? For example, if you ask someone 
who is Chinese educated, he said that, no, people need to study, everyone needs to study Mandarin because, you know, China is very big and all that. Then perhaps if you ask someone in, you know, rural Malay communities, they believe that religious education madrasa, is very, very important. The very, very important. And, that, and then yeah. perhaps the, again, uh, this is my ignorance, maybe the Indians will have something yeah, to yeah. talk about. Maybe yeah. the, the rest will have something to talk about as well. So my question to you is, what, what is... What would you consider better education? What would be the benchmarks yeah. for good education? I think let's look at let's look at regionally. Which country has thrived well? Yeah, in terms of Singapore. Sing- we all know about Singapore, <laughs> but we also know the success stories of countries like Vietnam. Yes, yeah. yes, or maybe even Thailand to a certain extent. Yes, yeah, and how are they doing it? Is race and religion part of their curriculum? No. Nope. Yeah. So you see, you need to you want to educate. The young ones, yeah, the yeah, children, yeah. the leaders of tomorrow. Correct. You want to teach them the basic yeah, mm. in terms of what are the right subjects for you to learn. Correct. You want to learn religion subjects, you do it on your own. You want to learn your own language, you can do mm. it on your own if you want to. I mean, in Singapore, there's no Chinese national schools yeah, right. Right? or Tamil national but, schools but or whatever. But they have but to learn their have. mother tongue. Correct. Yeah. Yes. They have. So you have a system like that. Yes. Right. So in Malaysia, we are... We are what do you call separated to a certain extent yeah. from the very young age. Yes. Yeah, because you go to Chinese school, he goes to Malay school, another fellow goes to the Tamil school, so there's no mixing around. Yes. Right. So we don't understand each other that much. Yeah, precisely. Actually, we were looking at, we get Nazir Razak's yeah. book, and <laughs> I, I'm a product of a LaSalle school. Ah. So, so my, my daughter is attending somewhat of a LaSalle school, but private lah. I was ah. public LaSalle school, yeah. where, you know, taxpayers' money, and then, what I find very sad today is that I, I, I think, uh, my, this is my suspicion, that a lot of these are done on purpose, Pankaj, to, to segregate the community. Uh, and coming it's back the to... the divide and rule. It's the divide and rule. And what, what I found is that when you are young, and correct me if I'm wrong, even during your age, right, when you are young, when you are... You grew up with nothing, in a mm, way. Correct. There is no divide in class, race, no. whatever. You just know each other as yeah. your mutu, yeah, your achong, correct. whatever, right? Correct, correct. You learn to embrace, you learn to tolerate each other's nuances, culture, yeah. whatever, and you learn to appreciate it. Yeah. Today, when we have schools that penalizes people who are not of a certain faith to eat during a certain fasting period, yeah, yeah. What, does it, what is the message trying to send? So if I send to a Chinese school and I ask a, 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 a person to pick up a joystick and to force, I, I, I think that's in a way already a blank sheet of paper, right? You're already polluting them. I, I think that's... Yeah. But you see, right? Because of all this, who suffers the most? Actually, it's our own country. You know? Yeah, the country yeah. suffers. The country... You, you talk about... we are going backwards. If you don't think long term, what will happen? Uh, less educated workforce, less taxes. Less FDI. Less... Yeah, uh, correct. <laughs> everything, yeah? Everything less. Yeah. yeah. And then, those who are a little bit better yeah. in terms of their education or in terms of their ability to carry themselves, yeah. leaders... They all leave the country. Yes. <laughs> you know, they go to Singapore, they go to Australia, yeah. they go to Hong Kong. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then where does Malaysia go? Yeah. You know, what are we left with? Exactly. So why 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 okay, I know it's it's been an ongoing topic and we want to try yeah. to move it back to, to investments, but where do you think we as uh, either an investing community or whatever can provide incentives for people to create and in a way, an affordable system. Is it through uh, 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 pooling together resources? No, I mean, just throwing this a very hypothetical question. Pooling together resources or 
create somewhat of a policy, government policy, to allow the flourishment of, you know, I wouldn't say, don't talk about the garden school, the yeah. ISK, yeah, yeah. They, that, they, right? they don't have this They, they don't, they have that, that, that problem, right? And anyway, it's paid by company money, a lot of expat yeah. money, right? Yeah. How can we create somewhat of a tier system where people can afford more middle class kind of school? You know? think? I think, first of all, you need to have that political will to change. La. Okay. Change is not easy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Change takes time. Okay. Uh, certain things takes a generation to do. Yeah. I mean, like say, for example, if you want to eliminate corruption, mm. it will take you a generation. Yeah. Mm. Right? It's not easy. It's already engraved in the system yes, yes. Yeah, to a large extent. Yeah. So you talk about education, same thing. Yes. How do you change? Because we are, to a certain extent, we are going in a different direction when yeah. it comes to the policies that we are introducing today, mm. the way our students are studying, uh, how they are mixing, yeah, it's it's not, uh, it's very different than what you have gone through. Mm. Definitely very different than what yeah, I've gone yeah, through. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I'm also a product of the national school system. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, and, yes. I mean, I, 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 I was all the way in national school, mm. uh, including my university, I was in University of Malaya. Mm. Right? So, in that sense, you can see that I've gone through the whole system. But, we embrace each other, mm. you know, whether we are Chinese, Indian, Malay, mm. no issue, no problem. And we also switch. I mean, we studied in Malay, mm. all right? But the moment we went to university, we switched to English just like that. Yep. Yes. Not an issue. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So, but today, the students can't do that. They struggle. They struggle. I so, language is very important, all right? <laughs> it's not just yeah. about studying, but able to communicate. Articulate. Uh, articulate, yeah. all right? And of course when you are outside the country, yeah, you need to have that skill. Mm. Right? And if you are a leader, yeah, you definitely need to able to communicate. If you can't communicate, it's very different. You know, I mean, Malaysia can be sidelined. If you can't uh, <coughs> express your, 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 what do you call, pleasure or displeasure or your opinion yeah. you know, in a certain way, I mean, if you see how Kyrie delivered his speech, yeah, it was, it was right? you can you feel proud that he's a Malaysian, for example. Yes. Yep. But if you see someone else delivering a speech, you wonder what is he saying. Someone's you know? daughter, right? I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> I don't too. know. I, mean, I don't want to mention names, okay, but yeah, yeah. whoever else is, and they are not speaking in English. Yeah. You know, and you wonder who is listening. Yes. Yes. All right. So we need to reclaim back what we have lost yes. in that sense. Yes. Uh, it's not going to be easy. Uh, change, you know, as I mean, we did change in 2018. Yeah. Uh, but. You know, we lost it again. Uh, elections are coming again around the corner. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how people are feeling uh, <laughs> because I think if you ask a lot of people, there's a little bit of political, uh, what do you call, tiredness. Jaded, they're very jaded. About yeah, fatigue already. Yeah. yeah, fatigue. Political <coughs> fatigue. Yeah, so uh, there's also an issue whether people are willing to come out to vote again, yeah. You yeah. Know, to vote for change. Yeah, yeah because... I mean, the signs are all there mm. in terms of where we are headed. Mm. Yeah? If you look at our country in terms of our debt level, in terms of our credit rating, in terms of where the ringgit is, in terms of our FDIs, uh, in terms of our corruption perception index, yes. it's all there. Yeah. All right? So numbers don't lie. All right? So when you look at the numbers, then you ask yourself, why are we here and why are we not there? Mm. Why is the other country there and we are here? You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what is wrong? What do we need to do? Right. So <laughs> these are very important questions, but sadly, not many people want to sit down and discuss about it or, or, or be a no part discourse. of the change. There's no discourse. Yeah. Uh, and when there's no discourse, then... No, I can tell you one thing mm. is that 
as far as businessman is concerned, they feel that as far as I can do business, I'm fine. Yeah. I don't care what's happening. Yeah, that's me. true. Right? So that's also another wrong way of looking at huh. things. Interesting. Yeah? So to me, as, as a citizen of the country, mm-hmm. you should try f- to make the best of the country, you know, contribute and ideas, uh, uh, nation building, you know, don't have that tidak apa attitude. La. I mean, mm, that's not right. Mm, mm, mm. right. Or oh, either that go with the flow and work with the system of the existing one, just um, adapt, rather than be something more magnanimous than, than just, you know, just Yeah, but the other thing is that so sometimes people can do all sorts of recommendations and sometimes government can also come up with policies. But yes. the thing is also about implementation. Yeah. I also find that very difficult in yeah. Malaysia yeah. when it comes to implementation and enforcement. Yes, yes. Like, for example, we have all the right laws. All right, but how do we enforce them? Remember our last podcast, we talked about illicit yeah, 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 and yeah, all yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, <laughs> it's it's not just believe. I mean, this morning even I was reading the minister, human resources minister, talking about the minimum wage. You know, he said, "Oh, some companies are not uh, adhering to the minimum wage order." So I'm thinking, hello, this is the law. <laughs> you are supposed to. You, you are, are supposed, supposed to, to enforce and you are saying people are not following. So what is the law for? <laughs> the police saying, oh, no one's catching the, the, the crook running yeah. away. Like, <laughs> so yeah. enforcement mm. is really a key thing. La. Yeah. I mean, you, you can have all sorts of laws, all sorts of ideas, but if you don't enforce, you don't implement, yeah. you are back to square one. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So speaking of tida apa, right? Let's talk a little bit about <laughs> annual reports. Ah, ah yes. Okay. Yeah, I would. Yeah, uh, let's go one. from political governance to corporate governance <laughs> a little bit, right? Um, I know you have a lot to say about annual reports. So do we. <laughs> uh, we are investors, yeah. so we have a lot of gripe with the the scenery right now. Uh, some some hope with MFCB recently, yeah, recently. where they have this uh, a public investor rather than just to the correct. institutional uh, Mega public. First yeah, yeah Mega first, first because yeah, yeah. they yeah, first they allowed they open up the thing yeah. to yeah, yes, yeah, to the public yeah. so uh, we, we have our thoughts and I think people have heard our thoughts enough but what is the issue with annual reports today? Yeah. They are what just, are sorry no what is what are the issues? What are the issues? <laughs> and <laughs> well I don't think so there's issue as far as the financial statements are presented. Mm, huh? okay. Those are... Because MFRS or IFR okay, standard. Yeah, ma. correct. <laughs> so, nothing to do with numbers. Mm. All right? I think it's the way how annual reports are prepared today mm. in terms of trying to portray an image. Mm. Yeah? Whether it's about governance issue, environmental issues, sustainability, everything is hunky-dory. If you read 10 annual reports, 10 annual reports tell you the same story. Everything is good. All right? But if you know one of these two of these companies, right, you'll be surprised. What they actually say in the annual report is not something they practice. All right? I mean, I'm sure you have some experience. I have my own experience. I mean, these are first-hand experience. Yeah. You know, yeah. where you see that, hey, the company say, uh, we treat our customers like this, like this, like this. But how come you treat me like that? Uh? <laughs> Oh, the company says, oh, there's an avenue for me to report if there's something wrong. But the company never listened to my, my, my complaint. Hmm. So, but then net promoter score, number one. Uh. Yeah, so this is the issue. You, see? you say something, but you don't walk the talk. All right? So a lot of annual reports today is just, just glossy and just, you know, all the CSR thing. You know, but to what extent is really, you know, painting the right picture, especially in terms of governance. You know, so I find that sometimes... I mean, sad lah, but then <laughs> it's, 
is not giving the right picture because yeah. everybody paints you the same picture. They all tell you the good stories only. They don't tell you, of course, the bad stories. Probably the editor is the same for all these 10 annual reports. I don't know. <laughs> no, probably, just, I think the demand for annual report is very high, you know, in terms of what you are able to produce and tell every year, you know. And especially the big companies, yeah. Mm-hmm. You look at the annual report, they're so thick. Yeah, four or five hundred pages. And I think if you for you to do to produce that kind of annual report, it takes you months to do. Precisely. The moment you finish this year's annual report, the next year's annual report Preparation starts really straight away. Start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight away. It's like a project every year one. You know, so you try to portray that image, yeah? mm. whether it's HR, whether it's consumer, whether it's uh, how you treat your investors, you know, um, or, or uh, governance issues, you know. So, I on, think it's all painted. La. Yeah, mm. on, on this point, right, um, and it's good that uh, we, we're talking about the reporting system, uh, I like to dig a little bit deeper about governance. Mm. And um, you, you see, as investors, even in the financial sec- uh, sector, right, when you are trained as an analyst, first thing you look at is how to read numbers, yeah. how to understand businesses. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, don't, I, I mean, we are not from the investing world. Yeah. Right? Uh, but is there actually any formal training on understanding corporate governance or not? And then if it does, is it very concept-based? Or is it very from your experience? I mean, share share with us your insights. As an analyst, you say, "Oh, this is a one oh one on corporate governance. This is what you do. Do you guys look at case studies and how? Do, do you well, have that?" Well, code code of corporate governance, as you know, has also evolved over time. Yeah. Yes. And the latest one is the twenty twenty one MCCG, mm. uh, which has uh, drawn out all the practice notes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of what every corporate should do, mm-hmm. and everybody should report. You know, whether they are complying, they are applying the principles and if there's deviation, you know, what are you doing about it? You know, that kind of thing. Like, for example, oh, you need to have 30% women uh, board members. Yep. Mm. And if you have 20%, okay, what are you going to do about it? When are you going to meet the objective? That kind of thing. So, mm. these are part of corporate governance issues. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, of course, there are certain governance standards. Uh, some corporates find it tough uh, right. to achieve. Um, some, uh, one of them is this 30% thing. Mm. Uh, some of them also find it difficult to get uh, independent directors, yeah, for example, who are not beyond the nine years. A lot of companies have got beyond nine years. Now, SC has put a stop to it. Now, you cannot go beyond 12 years. Mm. Yeah, so, some of these are governance issues. Yeah? Uh, so, corporates will look at all the standards as far as the MCCG 2021 is concerned uh, and try to meet as much as they can. Right? If they can't, they, of course, they'll say why they can't. And when they are able to meet, for example, and there are also some step up practices, yeah, where you can uh, go one one uh, level higher in terms of your yep. standard compliance, yeah? uh, uh, compliance lah. So, mm. for example, if you say thirty percent women, I got thirty five percent, for example, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got slightly more. Okay. Yeah. So those are step ups. I see. Is it is it re- regularly enforced? Because like as an okay, this is the other issue, uh, yeah. The Malaysian Code of Corporate Governance is just a code. It's a guide. It's a, a guide. Yes, yeah? yes. So whether you comply or not, if you don't apply the principle, you just say, I didn't apply. <laughs> right? So there's no, you don't get yeah, white, yeah. you know, for, for not complying. Yeah. Unless it's in breach of listing requirement. Ah, then okay. different story. Yes, yes, right? yes, yes. Or yes. if it's against the company law, yeah. ah, then different story. Correct, correct. Yeah. So, against company act or something like ah, that. Okay. Yeah. The reason why I brought it up was... Um, you mem- uh, I think it's now it's in hindsight court, court cases all out already uh, so this case about Serba Serba ah, okay. Dynamic so what happened was that the audit committee audit committee chairman was presented a finding mm. by their auditors mm. 
and the CEO of Serba just said that no, by right you should have come to me. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you read the code of conduct, yes, corporate governance, yeah. uh, he did the right thing did because right thing, the audit committee is above yes, the yes. executive. Correct, correct. But how many people know that? that that's the point I'm trying to argue. Okay, so it's then is a question about uh, education, lah. Yeah. yeah. To yeah. what extent people are able to appreciate what what it, it should be yes. in the first place. Uh, people who are in public listed company as directors, they know it. They have to know it. Yeah, they have to know it. By in right, fact, today, yeah. I mean, if you're a director today, this year, for example, yeah. if you're a new director of a listed company, yeah. you have to go through a mandatory accreditation program. Mm, okay. All right? That. Sponsored mm-hmm. by... Uh, CMF, is it? No, no, no. Uh, it's a requirement by Bursa, but uh, carried out by ICDM, uh-huh. the Issue of Corporate Directors Malaysia. Okay. Yeah, so they do it. And it's a three-day uh, three event Half day every three half days lah. Ah, three half days. Okay. Yeah. So you go through the process of corporate governance issues. Mm. Yeah, where you need to understand what it means. You know what is insider trading. What is this? What is that? Yeah, and of course, by right, every director of a listed company should understand what the Malaysian Code of Corporate Governance is all about. Mm. Right, and why you need to uh, meet the expected standards uh, of what has been laid out. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that is for the directors serving their duty. What about investors? Where do you think that the education should come? Because, you know, you go to Bursa website, there's probably a few hundred pager kind of requirements or you go, you go to, let's say, MSW, uh, minority shareholder, MSWG, they'll, they'll tell you some bits and pieces here. Okay, there, are, there are two ways to do it. I mean, of course, investors yeah. also have to do their little bit of homework. La. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Correct. So, Every company that is listed, when they publish the annual report, they have to issue their Malaysian Code of Corporate Governance report as well. That's right. Okay? So that report will tell you to what extent the company is meeting the objective of the governance codes, mm, mm, mm. where they are complying, where they are not complying, blah, 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 and all that. Mm, right? mm, so mm. you can read from there. So if you are particularly interested, for example, Tanaga National, mm. then you can go to Tanaga National, I mean the, the Bursa Malaysia website under Tanaga National, and you will see that the Corporate Governance report the is there. Report, yeah. mm. So you can see what is what is deviation, what is not, what is in compliance, you know, that kind of thing. So, you yeah. can learn from that. Great. That's Great. one. Yeah. You can also go to FC's website if you want to download the, the code itself. Mm. Then you can see the whole uh, document. Document, I yeah. think it's about 30 pages, 40 pages thereabouts. Mm. Yeah, so, you can read through yeah. and there are examples given as well. Great. Even in Bursa's website, there is a Malaysian Code of Corporate Governance uh, guideline and they give examples also. Mm. Right, yeah. so it's very good. Actually, it's educational. It's just a question whether yeah. you want to exactly you want to go that mile, the extra mile. Yeah, you want to if you want to learn, you you read lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm just curious, right? If you have any rules right now that you would want to add or subtract, right, in corporate governance. Like so, for example, you mentioned the thirty percent female rule just now. Yeah, you see, I I I spoke about this before, and I said that while the code is good and well, I mean, well and good, yeah. But the issue is that sometimes. What if people don't comply? What do yeah. you do about it? Mm. Right? So, there's no punishment. So, to me, it, it needs to be made into a law. Lah. Oh, certain things. Okay. okay. You feel I mean, like independent director. Uh, independent, I'm, I agree. I'm very serious about that yeah, one. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, that one, uh, you should, uh, what do you call, pass a law yeah, under the Companies Act that the independent director can only serve so-and-so. That's it. Full stop. So, legally, you cannot serve. Now you're, there's still a loophole. Yes, yes, yes. You see? So that one, I feel that you should change the law. 
actually we were asked this question. Uh, actually, I was asked this question at a at a at an event. Can can uh, one of the participants said, can we take companies uh, who are either not complying corporate governance or fraudulently lying to to investors? Can we take them to task? So I actually brought up I brought up the issue of uh, corporate governance uh, and understanding. I just asked them your basic rights. Who is the independent director? To your point about nine years, who is the independent director actually serving? Is actually the minority shareholders by right? Yeah. By right, lah. Uh, yes and no, lah. Huh? <laughs> but yeah. independent directors actually, of course, all directors serve the company. Correct. All right, for the best interest of the company. Mm. All right, that's the standard. Yes. Argument. Yeah. yeah. But of course, the reason why the independent directors are there are basically a little bit of check and balance. Yes. All right, to make sure no hanky panky, to make sure things are above board. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, things are done properly, you know, there is some proper procedure, proper yeah. structure, you know, it, all that, audit committee, risk committee, nomination committee, you yeah. know, all kind of things. So all that comes together. Yes. That's where the independent directors' voices are there. Mm-hmm. All right. So that the directors, because you are a public company, you have taken public money to run your business, mm-hmm. right? There must be some sort of check, check and balance. Correct. Yeah. So if, if then... The, the point I was trying to raise is that the reason why the independent director is there in a way is to serve the shareholders as well. Yes. To be their eyes and ears because... Yeah. I don't say shareholders, say stakeholders. Stakeholders. Okay, ah. yeah. Mm. Good point. Stakeholders. <laughs> ah. Not just... Because... You see, ah, when you are taking public money, yeah. how would you be how you, above board when there's no policeman? That's yeah. why you need a police system, you know. Okay, I wouldn't say police. I wouldn't say... No, but at the same time, I must also correct you. Uh. Yeah, please. Independent directors uh, cannot be just yes men, you know. That's the point I'm trying to make. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, don't forget, uh, yeah. this is also another... I mean, of course, it all is very individual already. Yes. Yeah, because, you see, the problem in today's... Um, it's not only in Malaysia, uh, everywhere else. Yeah. When you talk about independent directors, how are they elected? They're by the board. Yeah, yeah but how? Through appointment... Yeah, but how does the appointment come about? How does Mr. A become a director in yeah. this company? The company, no? Companies, that one, no? Uh, but how do the company know Mr. A? Friend, friend, friend. Ah, friend you see? Lah, family one. members. Correct. Lah. You see, so then the question, the test of independent comes in. Exactly, no? <laughs> how independent is the independent director? <laughs> yeah? Actually, that was the point I was trying to raise. So because... I have mentioned this before and yeah. ICDM is very supportive of what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they obviously quote me sometimes as yeah. well. By right, Malaysia should change the law, right? When it comes to independent director, the company shouldn't have a say in appointing. That should be the way. ICDM, being an independent body, can recommend at any time, whenever there is a vacancy, three candidates. You choose from there. So you have a pool of people. Yes. And you, in a way, place out. And and I can tell you Ah. what, you know, Ah. I've also written this, as Mm. I said before. Mm. Independent directors should not be paid by the company. Ah, That's director well. fee, remuneration, yes. all that kind of thing. You know why? Mm. You know what the independent director, what the company should do? The ah. company should put a X amount of money into, into like, a fund. Correct. I, I into agree. a fund managed by ICDM, for yes. example. Yes, and yes. that fund pays the independent director. Yes, yes, yes. That's where independent comes. Yes. You know how to be independent. Correct. Oh? <laughs> so let's, uh, I agree with you, but let's <laughs> take the other side for a moment. Ah. Yeah. And let's say, if you do that, what is the attraction or attractiveness for someone to be an independent director to take on that sort of risk? And if, let's say, the fund that they manage... Okay, that I tell you another story. Okay. okay. You know why? Because if you talk about executive directors, yes. managing directors, what sort of salaries are they drawing? 
Big. Big. How much did directors' fees are? How many independent directors get? How much? Not much. Maybe sometimes 3,000, 4,000. Why yeah. so? Why is the gap? Yeah. Where else a director defined under Companies Act mm. doesn't differentiate whether you're executive or independent? Yeah. All directors are treated equally. Mm. But when it comes to remuneration, mm. All right, there is a big director. disparity yes. between what is paid by, by yes. to executive directors and yeah. independent directors. Yeah. All right, so perhaps maybe ICDM or whoever that is, or maybe SC or you know, if they the can come up with some sort of structure. Sounds like uh, you know MMA uh, medical medical standard. If GP, this is how much consultation yes, fee. If your market if your market cap is one billion above, for yeah, example, yeah, 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 yeah. independent director is. Let's say, I just give you an example. Yeah, yeah. Okay, twenty thousand above, mm, for mm, example. Mm, mm, yep, yep. Uh, if your market cap is five hundred million above. 15,000, mm. right? That kind of thing. So there's already a structure yeah. in terms of yeah, how yeah. much you have to pay. Yeah. You see? So then it becomes a bit more professional, mm. right? And ICDM has a very robust way mm. of screening, mm. right? ICDM will not, uh, what do you call, simply recommend a, client, a, a, a potential candidate mm. to company A, company B, you know? It won't happen. Yeah. So what's stopping this solution? Implementation, yeah. yeah. This, this idea that you have right now. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I have given this idea, yeah, <laughs> and some people are supportive of it, but yeah. it has not come to fruition, yeah. yeah. Uh, because I find that the way how independent, I mean, you have nominating committee and all that. Yeah. What, what's the point when you have Kawan Kawan appointed as independent yeah, yeah. director? No, the best part what, is what is the what is the what is the rationale behind? <laughs> Passive income. <laughs> no, it's not that. I think people, I think people should not take the yeah. job of an independent yeah, director. Of course, exactly. You know, as as a side income or anything yeah. like that. It's a very heavy responsibility. Geek, geek economy. No, because <laughs> you know why? Yeah. Your your legal liability is high. high. It's huge. It's huge. It's ah, huge. so don't think earning three thousand, five thousand every not month is buta money. You Actually, never know. Actually, for me, uh, you pay not me twenty k uh, a month, uh, and then now with MACC now, you know the yes, MACC yes, X seventeen. Yeah, 17 yes. A, right? No joke, you know. Yeah, no joke. Your that's subsidiary, what I say. Uh, give bribe, uh, you can, uh, you know, as a... No, so that's why, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, that's why I say, yeah. your legal liability is the same, whether yes. independent director or normal director. Yeah. But your remuneration, you are not paid equally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, you don't work 24-7 yes. or you don't work as an employee. Yes, yes. But you are still responsible, you know. Correct. So, the, the amount that you are being paid as an independent director is not commensurate with the risk. Yeah. Why, why, why do it? Why? Yeah, so <laughs> we need to change. Yes. So, so like income, uh, I, I, it makes a lot of sense that some uh, independent body should be paying. Yeah. Will you have the same thoughts about shares? What do you mean by shares? Like them given shares at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is another issue. Yeah. Because under Bursa listing requirement 1.1, basically tells you what's an independent director, right? And one of the conditions... An independent director is a person with, who is not a major shareholder. Mm -hmm. Then you go back to definition, what is a major shareholder? Yes. What's 5%, the percent? Five percent. So if you hold 4.9%, you are not major shareholder, you can be independent director. <laughs> hey, but, but if you are 4.9% of Maybank, uh, yeah. that's huge amount it's of money. Huge. You know? You're yeah. the richest man though. Malaysia. Yeah, correct. <laughs> so your, your personal interest, mm. if you are an independent director, has a huge uh, factor yeah. Yeah, in, in making decisions. Correct. So that line, uh, not in, not it should be not a major shareholder, but it should not be a shareholder. Yeah. Mm. You should take out the major lah. Yes, yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Independent directors should not be shareholders. <laughs> very interesting. Very, very. Interesting. No, when he brought up that, that point, right? I just remembered one guy. He's non-executive chairman, mm -hmm. but if you look at the percentage, I'm not going to name the company. Yeah. <laughs> 
he had 4.9% of the company. Yeah, Non-executive. So, ah. <laughs> so executive see, chairman. Uh, so there are people play with the loophole. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I gave you the same example. Yeah, 5%, yeah, yeah. 4.9%. Yeah, 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 yeah. So people can get away with it by by playing within the rules. Yes. You yeah, know, yeah. And still remain independent. Yeah, independent. <laughs> but so, again, if you look at SC's report on governance, uh, you yeah. talk about independent actors. Yeah. So... You know, I was reading that. That's why I was. That's why I was bringing this up because you know, there was a director that's forty years as independent director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I read that part. I was like, huh? Mine years already. Right? How can you be independent after forty years? You tell me, lah. Yeah, because you know what I normally do. You know, when they bring up resolution of re-voting or re-electing yeah. of nothing, I, 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 I virtually I don't vote, lah. Because for me, it's doesn't like matter, doesn't whether matter. whether I vote or not it doesn't matter. I'm such a small minority. And the other thing, I, I'm, I'm also quite baffled today, yeah. uh, especially because demand for women directors and independent directors yeah. is, is rising. Yeah. You get the same people being appointed over and over again. No, because you see, the struggle is this. No, I but w- then how do you balance? The good ones or the good company want to sapu ma. Yeah, but then you, <laughs> you you can't be like Mr. A sits on... 50. No, no, you can't. You cannot get go more than five. More than but five, even right? five, yeah. even let's say you're four, yeah. it's very heavy. Eh? Yes. Yeah. Especially if all the four are large companies. And, then and you these to, are large companies. Eh? You have to read board papers, you prepare yes. for the meeting. One. Correct. No joke, one, I tell it's you. no joke. Yeah. So to me, no, because one of the things about governance uh, is about time commitment. Yes. Because you know, when you talk about reporting season, right, yeah. it's always, you know, that FYE, February. December, then... Yeah, yeah, the February, May, August, yeah. November, yeah. all right? And everybody goes almost to the last day. Yes. So how do you divide your time? Yes. All right, if you are four companies, you know, rushing here and there, you know? Yeah. So I think there must be some limit. Lah. I mean, even if you talk about five, you shouldn't be representing more than... Two companies that are large, for Precisely, example. Yeah. Yes, yes. Large meaning, uh, companies with market cap more than two billion. Yeah, yeah. So the other three can be smaller ones. Two be large. So you must also differentiate. Yeah, because it's too heavy. To me, it's too heavy. That's why sometimes I see right when I, especially some big ones. I remember I was seeing three. Huh? you again? <laughs> that kind yeah. Of thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get sometimes you see a situation. Huh? Hey, this person, no, uh, director, independent director in four companies mm. in four different industries. Yes. How do they gain the expertise to give valuable input to the yeah, board, right? Correct. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I don't know lah. I yeah. find that. But so when it comes to reporting, I think especially in this decade and beyond, I think ESG is a big part ah. of reporting, right? Yeah. So, like for example, I believe the 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 part about having thirty percent women as mm. on the board that's a very ass thing right that's the social part of things governance governance okay yeah. sorry the governance part of social things. is more like how you treat your workers your okay yeah. right yeah. so but I mean like for me when I look at a law like that it, it doesn't make sense it's a bit like Hillary Clinton saying you should vote for me because I'm a woman yeah. right that means people who like a lot of the women that are going to be on these boards now people are going to look at that and say. Well, you're there because you're a woman. Rather than being yeah, married. Yeah, I think, I think there's certain argument to this. Uh. But I, I beg to differ la, at the same okay. time. I also think that Malaysia has enough pool mm. as far mm-hmm. as women are concerned uh, to pick them right. uh, to be in the board. Yep. So I don't see that as an issue. Okay. Uh, in fact, there are two bodies yeah, that is championing women's uh, participation in board. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 30% Club mm-hmm. and League Women. Yeah? Mm. And they have done a fantastic job uh, in terms of promoting new uh, directors, uh, I mean, some of our women are really qualified. Mm. Yeah, mm. if they are professionals, you know, whether they are accountants, lawyers, engineers, yeah. So all these, we have the talent. It's a question of 
you Are know, we them, surfacing them enough? Yeah, surfacing them and widening the pool of people right. who can be independent directors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so right. I don't see it as an issue. Uh, to okay. me, 30% okay. is fine. You know, so... I mean, of course, we men sometimes feel that how come we are now being discriminated? (laughs) No, I mean, I I guess the difficult part for the clubs that you mentioned would be how much of the lack of women representation is down to either skill shortage or just straight up sexism. I think there are two things. One is, of course, uh, to be professionally qualified. Mm. And of course, uh, to be a board member, you also need to understand board issues. You know, you've got to be trained a bit. And some of them, they have a mentor-mentee program mm. where somebody will guide them. Groom. Inter- la. uh, groom. Like groom the, the young one. I mean, the, the new ones. Yeah, to sh- tell them what, learning the ropes a bit here and there. Yeah. You know, uh, getting them to attend courses, uh, to, to improve their skill sets. Yeah, yeah. So all that's been done. Yeah. Uh, so I feel that we are in the right direction. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah. the numbers are going up uh, as far as women participation is concerned. And, and I, I know, I don't know whether it's still true today, I remember checking out, I think out of the 10 or 11 odd investment banks that we have in Malaysia, three were headed yeah, by, by women. women. And, yeah, yeah. and this is not a stat that even the US yeah, can yeah, actually yeah. accomplish or even Europe, right? Yeah. For that matter. So we have very good talents. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, la- last bit I have on the governance issue before we move on to, to something else is actually uh, whistleblowing. Ah. So one of the big, so we have talked a lot about how the regulators need to win laws, need to implement and all that to ensure that there's no corporate governance uh, hanky-panky, right? But as we've seen in er- places like the US, mm. where supposedly corporate governance is at you know a pristine level, uh, considered by many, uh, whistleblowers make a big, uh, play a big role. Yeah. Because these are the guys right inside. Yeah. Perhaps they have a conscience, perhaps yeah. they think that things should be done differently. Correct. And they come out and expose yeah, the companies. Yeah, expose the wrong doings. Right. Um, but... I remember reading an article saying that they're not protected enough. And so what do you mean by that? Uh, I think this happens maybe not known to the market, mm. yeah, internally. Uh, because you know whistleblowing, how it, how it does, right? You, if you are a whistleblower, uh, you, structure-wise, within any company, there is a reporting hierarchy. Uh, hierarchy yeah. Yeah? Uh, and of course, investigations, once it's reported, investigations can take place. Uh, Normally, typically, it's through the audit committee or maybe if there is a risk person, you know, the person who would probably take care of it and all that. And then there could be some investigations. Uh, and typically, sometimes companies try to put things... Uh, you know, settle things. Lah. Yeah, so either way. Lah. So sometimes things don't, don't turn up. Surface. Don't surface. Uh, in fact, I think I remember, was it last week or a week before, I read an article there was this guy who was actually charged under the Whistleblowing Act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that Whistleblowing Act has been around since 2010, you know, if I'm wow. taken. It's okay. been around a very long time. He was the first person that was charged. And he was cha- a whistleblower and he was charged? Uh, I can't remember the sequence of things. Okay, okay. But the case was dropped. Ah. All right? Something like that. Okay. No, I think there was a director okay. that actually probably took action on the whistleblower. So this guy was. Oh charged. yeah, yes, yes, yes. I remember reading about it. Yes, ah. yes, 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 yes. And the and the case was dropped. It was a property developer or something. I remember the mistake. And then drawing some money. Yeah. Here. So you know the question of whether again enforcement. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of companies when it comes to whistleblower, they don't want to get it out. They want to try to if they if there is. Any, for example, whistleblowers in the, within the system, mm. uh, 
uh, they try to settle things on their on their own yeah. way yeah. They don't want it to be blown out. Public image tarnish. Yes. Man. Yeah. Reputation risk. Mm. Yeah. 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 So but in the US, like you point, pointed out, you know, people don't care. People do yeah. I mean, Edward Snowden, Edward Snowden right? Snowden. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched recently a few series, uh, mini series about uh-huh. all these uh, startups and don't know what. Yes, I don't yes. know if you watched Dropout. Did you watch Dropout? No, not yet. No. Elizabeth but, Holmes. Oh, uh, I yeah. I love the chronology of I've I've read the book. Uh, there's this thing called Bad Blood. I don't even read. Yeah, the yeah, book. yeah, yeah. Uh, Bad Blood. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Elizabeth Holmes is a yes, series yes, called yes. Dropout. Yeah. It's very good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I watched We Work. We uh, Oh, We Works. Yes. One. Uh, it's called what? Uh, we. What was it called? Uh? It was it on Netflix? Uh? No, no, it's not on Netflix. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was on YouTube or something. And I just finished watching Inventing Anna. Oh, inventing yeah. Anna. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so all these things, uh, you, you also makes you wonder, you know, this generation today, uh, the young ones, uh, with, with all kinds of thoughts and all kinds of ideas, you know, yeah. and because we have so much of liquidity in the market, yes. it's yeah. so easy to con people. Yeah. You know, all you need to have is an image. Flash. You need the flash, you need the bang, yeah. and then after yeah. that... And like in... Elizabeth Holmes' case, she just lied all the way. Yes, yes. Yeah. All the way. And the funniest part, I wouldn't, okay, I, I used the wrong word. It's not the funniest And it was a whistleblower, right? That yes. brought it up. It was uh, George Schultz's uh, grandson. grandson. Yeah. And he was prosecuted. You remember he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. His grandfather couldn't believe him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone. Yeah, nobody believed him nobody because believed they all him. were hooked with Elizabeth Holmes. Yes, exactly. And yeah. I find it very sad. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's the character of the person. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. She, she dressed like Steve Jobs. Yeah. You know? Very articulate. Ah, uh, very articulate. Yeah. And then manly voice. Yeah. Nice and massive yeah. That was like purposely done. Yeah, purposely done. <laughs> and then there were sometimes the, the lepas, right? Then she had a feminine voice and then they, she quickly like... <laughs> but... The, Great point that you brought up about this this facade or this image, right? I think as an investor, from your experience investing and analyzing companies for so long, right? What are the red flags that you pick up? What I, I mean, Malaysia. I mean, Elizabeth Holmes, WeWork, and all that is is very big. Yeah. But in Malaysia, have you seen? Uh, what are the telltale signs that you've seen? Because I I know a few companies. Uh, uh, one uh, telco, I wouldn't name. I I think I think you know who I'm talking about. They <laughs> came in. They say very big. And then the, it's a favorite punter stock. <laughs> no, so, I think a lot of companies, especially we talk about startups, yeah. uh, the, the modus operandi is almost the same. Okay. You know, in terms of idea, ideas, like, it's all idea generation. Okay. And you know how startups work, right? Yeah. Because you are basically trying to pitch. Yes. You have to get monies from investors, whether it's uh, seed money or angel or series A, B, C, whatever you mm. call it. Mm-mm. At the end of it, it's all storytelling. Mm. All right? you, you, you got to tell a story. What is your company going? Where is your company going? Where is the target market? You mm. know what I mean? Okay, like, now you come to this. You talk about Grab, for example. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> See, you're already laughing. Yeah. yeah, so to me, I say, oh, what? What term is they use? Uh? Target addressable market. Total, what addressable, it? total addressable market. Uh, total addressable time, market. Time. I think, I find that like, what the hell is that? <laughs> it's a very new term. Yeah. yeah, so when you look at Grab's financial presentation, it's very different than any other listed company's presentation. They created they new create, mat- matrices. They create, correct. They create matrices to make them look good. Yeah. But what is it today? Yeah. Do you know Grab has raised 22 billion so far? Do you know what's Grab's losses so far? I think more than I think more than that, right? Fifteen billion. <laughs> and this is after nearly doubling the Grab cost post COVID in twenty twenty two. Losses to date is fifteen billion US dollars. Yes. After raising twenty two billion, all right. 
net cash, if you take out uh, what they have marketable securities, uh, they've uh. invested in other things and all yeah. that, they only have 1.1 billion cash. We were joking, man. we said the cash that they have, cash in equivalent, is the amount of money they raise. <laughs> no, so at the end of it, yeah. actually the mod- business model is not sustainable. Mm. Yeah. So to me, I look at it, I look at Grab, they only have three options left. Mm. One, raise more money. Mm. Two, reduce costs. Three, raise prices. Which they're already in, indirectly they're doing already. So huh? they're doing this one now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they're yeah. raising prices. Yes, yes. Because yes. they know they can't sustain. Yeah. It's not an... If Grab cannot sustain, what do you think about other ride-hailing companies? That's why That's why when another company which is red in colour try to say they're going to be a super app whatsoever, I'm, for me... No, I, was, I mean, I, I, again, I go back to that. Uh, yeah. I, I was reaching... I don't want to men- mention names. I was yeah. reading a, a research analyst report and did say that this company, you know, I mean, you know tech bubble has burst. Yep. Even Grab is down like 70% or yeah, 75%. Yep, yep. And yet, this analyst is still valuing that company's uh, right-hailing business yeah. at full value. Yeah. So, how do you call a buy on the stock? Yeah. <laughs> the, the struggle is this, uh, uh, Pankaj, is that when you try to distort the market with all these uh, basic matrices, uh, I, always <laughs> fall back, I always fall back to the simple route. You know, EV a bit la, yeah. and then uh, Charlie Munger called EV Abida. Uh, EV Abida, right? EV Abida. Right? Yeah, yeah, Abida. EV Abida is still fine. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't talk, don't come and tell me about price to sales. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was looking at, you know, I wrote about buy now, pay later. Uh, yes. And I was doing a little bit of uh, homework. Huh? And I was looking at this guy, I forgot the name. But look at this company when it was listed and the share price is like... The Australian one, right? I can't remember if it's Australian one. Yeah. So at one time, it was trading post-IPO at its peak, uh. 55 times sales. <laughs> <laughs> Today, the share price has kaput 80%. Yeah. It's still trading at 8 times peak, eight times sales. Wow. So, so the... Half the IPO price now. I think the bankers made out with the... No, the, the owners exit. Uh, the bankers who collected the fees made the most uh, in a way. That's the thing. Yeah. You see, so you see, this is a game. Yes. All right? When, when you talk about all these startups raising money, you know, valuations to the roof. Yeah. They come for IPO years down the road where they are. Yeah. Actually, just ball, ball, back, ball back down to the basics. When are you going to be profitable? Where's your That's cash flow? That's the thing. Yes. To me, it's very simple. Yeah, yeah, when you talk about startup, uh, yeah. eh, in the next 10 years, uh, are you going to make money or not? <laughs> At the end of the day, business is about making money. Yes, business yes. is not about EV over EBITDA. Yeah. Business is not about yeah. EV over sales. Yes. It's not about price to sales. It's not about whether you're going to Germany or Hong Kong to expand your business. When are you going to make money? Can you pay the electricity bills or not? That's yeah. Right. <laughs> no, at the end of it, it's about money. Yeah. Because if you ask any businessman, yeah. they will tell you, I want my ROI. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to... You know, so what if the valuation goes from 10 billion to 15 billion? What does it make? It's only on paper that I make money. What is the value creation in a way? In a way, yeah. So, I mean, you, you saw we were, you saw Grab. Grab was valued at 40 billion. Yeah, you know, insane. just coming to this thing. Yeah. We were, was rumored as high as what? 120, was it? Yeah. I can't, I can't remember, remember la, but I remember one phrase in the prospectus that said, we do not expect to make money <laughs> ever. Ever. So, why do you buy? <laughs> it's not that tells you I'm not going to make money ever. Yeah. <laughs> but because people don't read. So, you see, yeah. uh, people, you, people, see people. you see people like Grab, for example, or any other startups uh, in this space, uh, strategy is very simple. Yes. Either I, I expand my product, I have new product, mm. or I go new market. Yes. This is the only way I can grow. All right? Like Grab goes into buying Jaya Grocer, for example. Mm. All right? 
I go into a new business stream. Now rumor is that, oh, I'm sure you have read, you know, oh, they are even talking about buying M-Bank, for example. Yeah. I mean, you got a digital bank, now you're going to go into traditional bank. Because <laughs> that's where real money is, right? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> literally, that's where the money is. Yeah, la. that's where the money is. <laughs> I, actually, I blame Amazon for all this because they were the ones that duped a lot of these investors that, hey, the first five or six years, no profit. And ah, after that, sorry. Uh, this, this model. Uh, yeah, this it's, model. it's Amazon's fault. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so everybody else use Amazon's excuse. Yeah, uh, but hey, not look, everybody Amazon's has Jeff Bezos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but not everybody has Jeff Bezos. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I want to... Uh, make, uh, do you have any more questions? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, this one actually can segue many ways. Yeah, it's just like, so. let's, let's come back to that. Uh, you, know, is, I, you know, I have to be honest, this is probably something we find interesting, uh, but yeah. I don't know about the listeners. Uh, I yeah. think so, only some will. Uh. But uh, I, I know uh, we talked a lot about inflation and commodities just now. Ah. Uh, you recently wrote about palm oil. Ah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right? And in, in the ESG vein, right? <sighs> I, I, I really have just a few questions to ask you. Uh. One is about risk. One is about the sustainability of the price. And actually, what is your take on why prices are going up as well? Mm. Like we talked about earlier, supply disruption. Yeah. Yeah? Uh, and you know, palm oil being a vegetable oil, and yeah. it's, it is a replacement oil for other vegetable oil. Yes. And when you have a situation where sunflower oil is disrupted, you know, so all... Soybean oil disrupted. Soybean because of weather, yes. you know, production. You know, so it's all of that. And even Malaysia... I mean, beginning of the year, uh, we saw disruption, yeah, because of flood and all that, yeah. So when you have disruption in terms of supply, and demand is still there, obviously any commodity prices, you yes, know, will just will jump. Just rise. Basic loss of economics. Yeah, yeah, basic, basic. But uh, of course, there's also the cost factor, yeah. Uh, as you know, uh, for for palm oil, yeah, fertilizer cost has gone up, urea has gone up. Yeah. So all this part of your war in Russia, in mm. Ukraine, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, causing the disruption. So that's why prices have moved up to a certain extent. Mm. And of course, as I said, cost has gone up. So margins are better, but not significantly that better. La. Right. Yeah. But is it, but do you think this is sustainable for palm oil specifically? I know you gave your thoughts on... I don't on think so. It, it's, uh, I mean, any commodity for, you know, for, for that given... You, you can have this parabolic thing for a while mm. but right. so sooner or later price will come back to normal mm. but right. it can only come back to normal on two counts one is of course supply returns to normal mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. of course cost normalizes yes if it doesn't then prices can stay elevated for a while yeah right right the best part is the guy selling the palm oil right? i mean i i do the groceries most of the time i i got a bit of shock now when i saw the five kilo i normally buy the five kilo uh, one right yeah, yeah, yeah. usually it's 20 27, 29. Now it's like 50. Yeah. yeah. I'm like... <laughs> Char- uh, Chasu, Chasu rice now is like what? 10 ringgit already. 10, yeah, 12, 10 ringgit. 10, 12 ringgit. 10 yeah, ringgit. Yeah. Yeah, it so used, used to be 8. 7, 8 ringgit. Yeah, there. so all has uh, impact, la, you know, yeah. at the end of it. Yeah. But do you think this is like, I guess... Um, my, my theory is that one of the reasons why the KLCI has not fallen as much as the other yeah. economies is because... I think there's a perception for global fund managers, right? When they're looking at allocate assets, that Malaysia is a yeah a commodity-based com- uh, country, Economy, right? Oil, yeah. oil, uh, oil and gas, and of course oil and gas uh, plantation, yeah, palm oil, right? So, <laughs> in a way, because we are not so evolved as an economy, yeah. so as a result, the decline is not so big. But do you think this this price going up and all that? Do you think it's a it's a good for economy or it's just 
it's just too small for 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 well it's still huge i must say yeah, because palm oil is a big thing in malaysia yep. yeah plantation we have big plantation companies mm. even small holders significant yeah. amount of them yeah. yeah in 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 places like johor and, yes. and, and, and sabah, sabah Sarawak. Sarawak. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah it has significant impact uh, on the ground right. yeah in terms of higher prices yeah so of course they are maybe laughing all the way to the bank right yeah uh, but in any cycle as you can see we have seen before mm. and we we will see it as well again uh, prices will normalize mm. yeah. the question yeah. is where would it normalize yeah. Right. yeah i mean we saw how the glove colors <laughs> yeah 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 so it's not going to sustain yeah? Yeah. yeah yeah i mean glove also to be is a commodity yes, at the is. end of it you know, it's just a question somebody else ramping up production. Yeah. It just happened this part of the world can produce uh, that, yeah, that kind correct, of commodity. Correct. Yeah. 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 But of course, plantation, palm oil, so you can't just overnight produce it. Yeah, you know, it yeah. takes Seven time years, for. Yeah. No, no, no. What? Two and a half, three years. Oh, Seven yeah, yeah. is to, to start harvesting, yeah. Yeah, start harvesting yeah. La, on uh, the third year onwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You correct. may peak around seven years. Yeah, correct, yes. correct, correct, correct. Yeah, so. It, there is a gestation period, you yes, see? Yes. so you can't just go into the sector. It's not like manufacture. I set up factory line, jalan, you know. That kind yeah, of no, you can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah. you can buy over existing estates yes. who is already in production. Then can lah, yeah. but prices will be. Who who wants to sell you at this kind of inflation price? No, this market. is the best time to sell plantation land. Oh yeah, at peak valuations. Yeah, huh? <laughs> why not? Yeah, you yeah, should yeah. sell now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Why would you want to sell when prices Especially are low? Especially if you want to retire and you don't yeah. take the risk, just sell it. Correct, off. sell. Yeah, you sell. should sell now. Go retire. Yeah. <laughs> but but what I, I know one thing that is plaguing not just the power industry but definitely part of it is like finding like workers. Ah. Foreign workers. That's that. that oh, that's a big thing actually. About shortage, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's not easy to mechanize. I mean, I was reading. Yeah. Uh, it's not easy to not mechanize. Easy. Not easy. Yeah. A- actually, you know that even Malaysia. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, um, but what I've read is that the Malaysian palm oil, the species, is actually shorter. shorter Purely mean like the height. Oh, the height. Okay. So okay. that it's easier for you to cut. Do you know what's the tallest palm oil tree in, in the world? No, I don't. It's in Malaysia. Do you know that? Oh, really? And you know how old is it? Ah, uh, no. It's 107 years wow. old. Wow. And is it, is it still producing? It's still there. Okay. <laughs> Only thing is that you can't reach. La. It's super high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that you mentioned it, it's just, I don't know why, it just reminded me that the tallest player in NBA is a Chinese. Okay, anyway, yeah, continue. Yeah, the, 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 because one of the reasons is to f- it's very difficult to find labour. Yeah, And yeah. They, they wanted to make it shorter. You see, this is the thing I, I don't understand. Yes. You know, the industry keep complaining. Say, oh, we are losing 20 billion this year because we don't have workers, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Hey, pay them more. Why, why are you relying on foreign workers? Yes. Why can't you pay the Malaysian 3,000 ringgit per month? Yes. Yeah, so why, why do you think they don't want to pay? Ah, that's why. So I'm asking this question as well. <laughs> you are making super profit yeah. Yeah. and you're complaining you can't reap that profit because you can't have workers. Yeah. You can't have workers because you're not willing to pay. But why are you not willing to pay when prices are that high? Yeah. You should be. Can you imagine? Uh? Can you, I mean, the, you imagine make, you pay Does it make sense 10K? to you? Yeah. You, you pay workers 10k. You think they don't want to go? Sure, they'll go. They're sure, they'll go, Mark. That's the sense. Only to what? 10, 3, 4, so enough, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Workers will go. Yes. Workers yes. will come. Yes. They sure. will learn the rope and start. All you need just to harvest the thing, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, they say it's not easy. Cut, I mean, right? not easy, lah. You learn, lah. You learn, lah. <laughs> I don't think so. It takes ages to learn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So, to me, it's very simple. If you are a palm oil producer or the industry for that matter is complaining, yeah. hire locals. I think, okay. Here, here's where I want to solicit a, yeah. a discussion with you. Is it because that the Malaysian labour policy has allowed the flourishment of a lot of this cheap labour out? 
rather than you know you look at where Japan is very hom- in a way obviously there's nuances like they're a homogenous society they don't allow too much foreign labor but then labor cost service business in Japan is so expensive yeah but it's because of government policies in a way they don't allow too too many migration and uh, immigration to come in if Malaysia were to go down that route do you think it will work it should mm. I mean it worked in everywhere else yes, yes even yes. in Singapore yes all right there is a certain level only you can apply for a foreign worker you yeah. know yes no not simply anybody Tom Dick and Harry can just Correct. walk in and start working in Singapore it's yes. not easy yes you're right so even in Malaysia we should do that we yeah. should not be just just because we need maid and someone to clean the the drains, you know, we bring in the foreign workers. Yes, yes. that shouldn't be the way. Right. Yeah, right. So in a way, uh, the, the 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 because sooner or later mm-hmm. we we are going to lose out. Yeah, because we are not going to be able to hire these people anymore. Correct. Yeah. Very simple. You can't find Indonesian maids anymore. Yes. Because they can get better pay in Indonesia. Yeah. Than coming to Malaysia. Because the economy has flourished in a way. Not only that, their minimum wage has increased as well. Mm. Right, so why you want to bother come to Malaysia? Yes, yes, yes. So we are, we are, we end up uh, recruiting uh, Bangladeshis, Myanmar, Maris, Cambodian. Yeah. Right, sooner or later, if these countries start to move, we They'll have no more resources. And and the worst part is that because when they go back, the years of underdevelopment or under uh, uh, um, what do you call it spending on mechanization, automation, and all that has taken a backseat because got cheap labor, ma. Yeah, yeah. And so everybody say, oh, I can hire now thousand five. I was thousand two. Okay, I can hire thousand five. Why would I want to pay two thousand five? Yeah, I wait lah and get until I get the worker thousand five. Yes, it's really wait lah. Yeah, and then ten years, ten years from now, people already robot robots and everything yeah. doing things. Here, eh, where's my Cambodian or where's my? <laughs> no, I think we are we are doing it wrong. Yeah, you know we we should we should change the law in terms of which sectors can. Hire foreigners, yes. you know, in what field and at what cost. Yes, yeah? yes. Uh, so even, let's say, if our minimum wage is 1,005, doesn't mean that we have to pay everybody 1,005. Mm. You know, you should tell, you know, oh, for this industry, this should be the price. You know, because you have different skill set, different type of uh, background. Of, correct, correct. Yeah. And, and rather than, in a way, the Ministry of, let's say, uh, Human Resource Determine, right, they should allow industry players to give input to say, hey, this is what we're seeing on the ground. This should be the benchmark rather than, you know, them arbitrary just 1,005. <laughs> no, but even then, uh, it's, it's very, uh, I mean, like to me, when, when you allow foreign uh, local companies to hire foreigners, mm. yes, you pay them 1,005 or whatever that is. You know, the government should also put pressure on companies mm. in the sense that you tell them, you want to hire, can. You also must pay levy. You know, ah, you must pay higher. Ah, ah, yeah, ah. so it's like you are... You are uh, what do you call? It's a higher cost, lah. Instead yes. of hiring just at thousand five, yes, the cost is actually two thousand, maybe for example. Yes, yes. Right? Then it, it for every worker, uh, five hundred ringgit extra goes to the government levy. So in a way, it incentivizes them indirectly to, to hire, hire local. locals. Correct. Yeah. Right. yeah. But then I think the the rebuttal for a lot of uh, people who hear this is that they they just don't see the same level of efficiency with the locals. They just don't see the same level because. The locals are in Malaysia, relative, Singapore side, relatively better standard of living. Mm. Um, someone coming from some kampung in Indonesia or wherever, you know. They're they, hungry. They're hungry. I, I agree with you. Yeah, okay, yeah. They're willing to work more for less. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how do you convince, let's say, someone, so a businessman who thinks like that? Difficult, really. Yeah? <laughs> because uh, this is again human, uh, human nature. 
because a lot of people say that Malaysians are lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you tell them to work nine to five, they will just work nine to five. You mm-hmm. know, they wouldn't want to put in the extra hour. Mm-hmm. You know, they will not spend time to learn new tricks or whatever it is. You know, or new skills. You know, or take on added responsibility. Yeah. yeah. You know, so Malaysia has been labelled lazy mm-hmm. to that extent. Yeah. Yeah. So how mm-hmm. do you how do you change that culture? Yeah, so I think the only way we can do that is, uh, is for people to realize that you know they need to change uh, the way they are, they 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 run businesses uh, maybe a profit sharing scheme either I, I, either way uh, yeah. you know some some way I mean to me I, I don't know about you guys but you know when I was young I felt I felt driven to learn mm. you know that I want to do more you know it's not just that that nine to five thing yeah, you know? yes, I wanted yeah. to improve myself I want to n- learn new things I want to take on added responsibility. You know, so but you don't see that in this generation. Yeah, no, in this I, generation. I, I have to agree somewhat. <laughs> I mean, I, I used to be in a hiring team in China, yeah. so work-life balance. So how do you motivate these people? Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. the younger ones. Yes. How? Yeah, different uh. I think there are nuances where uh, in your generation, my generation, and and their generation. I mean, he's twenty something. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Actually, this is. This is one of the rare podcasts where we have three generations. Yes, oh, yes. gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> the economic circumstances, uh, the, the, yeah, the development of the country at that point, at his point, different, point, different, different. You know, is, is very different. Yeah. I mean, I, how can I simulate scenarios for even my, my kids, my kids 5 and 13, right? Like for my son, having a $10 ice cream is very normal. <laughs> Right, <laughs> I mean, you're nodding, you're, you're, you're shaking. La Crimeria. Yeah, La Crimeria, right? But these are uh, 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 the prevalence of what we call it, uh, social mobility. Yeah, 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 I mean, things that is available today is different than what were available during my time. Correct, time, you correct, know? correct. And because of that, there was up- no Starbucks then. Yes, yeah. <laughs> because of this upward social mobility and the optionalities that are accorded to the society today, that's why for them, there's no... Uh, how do you simulate that situation? Yeah. I mean, just look at Robert Kwok. Yes, he came from a well-endowed family, but he had to go through war. He had yeah, to yeah. go through a lot of mm. uh, economic, in a way, hardship. hardship yeah. Right? And yeah. they were dealt with different cards. Whereas the kids today, right? You ask them options. I in a way, how do I simulate that scenario is different. It's very, very difficult. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah and, so. and, but, and I want to add that it's not uh, that there is a lack of that hunger. But the question is, what are they hungry about? So, yes. for example, right, maybe... No, they are, I think, perhaps easily satisfied as to what but, they... But you see, right? So for, but you see, for example, ESG. Why are young people so into ESG? You know, they, they will fight tooth and nail so that they can have gender equality. <laughs> so it, cause, it, the it, cause, uh, maybe. Uh, maybe the belief. Are, yeah, belief, it's, I think, is a belief. That, I mean, maybe it's to your point uh, about yeah. the internal sort of motivation that yeah. they are looking at. Great, great, the, when you mentioned that, Greta Thunberg. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, That young yeah, girl. Yeah, from, yeah. Was it Norway? Uh, yeah, yeah. Norwegian, I don't yeah. like her, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah they so. are more uh, conscious about environment, social issues. Yes. Uh, yes. Governance, yeah. maybe not so, uh, but more yeah. environment. They will, they will champion these issues, but then when they talk about working long hours, they see it as a form of suppression. There's a yeah. form of yeah, yeah, so that's where the I mean, like, comes in. Yeah, like France recently, the the yeah. Champions League final was there. I don't even know the Champions League final was in France. In Paris, in Paris, they had yeah. to delay it, right? Because people were were, were they didn't I like Macron's, crowd control. Yeah, and Macron's yeah. and 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 it happens all the time, right? I think like they are they they were they were I think debating about wages and inflation. <laughs> 
And they want a four day work week. Yeah, yeah, four day work week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. But you know, that, I think it's a good segue to talk. Uh, you know, the, to the, towards the end of the podcast to talk about your personal life and <laughs> about like what you write. I know before, uh, you know, we we were on the pod. We talked a little bit about that. But um, why do you keep writing? Because <laughs> Yeah. Why, why, why do you have to, 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 to Nothing to do in retirement or something yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> I think it's a passion uh-huh. First of all I love to write yeah? And to a certain extent I think there are two, two reasons why so okay. One is of course uh, Depending on topic yeah. Yeah? Uh, I find that Writing gives me an opportunity to Educate mm-hmm. yeah, the readers In terms of what is happening around us yeah. And second is of course To express an opinion Mm. Yeah, on matters, uh, whether rightly or wrongly. Mm. Yeah, uh, sometimes it's to criticize, or sometimes it's to support as mm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've written pieces that I also support the the government, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just a way of expression. Really. Yeah, yeah. In terms of, I mean, I've done. I think the last count was. 205 if I'm not mistaken articles articles so I'm reaching a stage where almost forgot almost uh, exhausting uh, in terms of what to write but can recycle ma, you no, la, not, not a right thing to do la. not recycle but but different perspective yeah different perspective I have done few few like that yeah, as well yeah, yeah. yeah because things have changed correct, correct, correct. Yeah, new blah, blah, nuances blah. Yeah, yeah yeah but I try to I mean certain things I can't write yeah because as you know what you know yeah. how it is. Yeah. Um, but what I can, I try. Yeah. And I'm glad that uh, Star also recognizes that. Mm. And you know, there's no censorship. Yeah. Yes. In terms of what I express. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I I see things that are not right. I like to express myself. Uh, I think I've written extensively, uh, especially with about governance issues, mm. Yep. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, property market. Mm. Yeah. Uh, which I was just recently a guest as well, and I think they're asking me to come back again this sure. year to mm. give me a bigger slot mm. to talk about the property market. <laughs> yeah, because I think the way the market has been has been painted, yeah, whether it's developers or consultants and all that, is very different than what the reality is on the ground. Yes, on the ground. Yeah. So I'm trying to be a little bit of voice in terms of telling people what it is. I mean, if you look at data today, it's mind-boggling mm. where we are in terms of oversupply mm. and yet we still build you know mm-hmm. so where are we going you right know? so I mean even in terms of those that are completed and under construction compared to five years ago it's double yeah. right. has doubled you know so we keep building why yeah, but there's still, still a ho- overhang it's still overhang yeah yeah so and we can't address it yeah yeah so what do we do about it yeah. I mean it's not really just Residential market, mm, yeah. You're mm. talking about office, malls, yeah, you know everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it, property market is huge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it has significant uh, multiplier effect Correct. on other sectors, banking sector. In a way, it's like the most connected, especially physical. And, and, with and I even spoke recently about, you know, how even some listed companies, you know, they are up to their neck in terms of, or up to their head in terms of debt. Mm-hmm. You know, so they are using different ways to raise capital. Yeah, so all this has repercussion uh, in yeah. terms of how the market will shape up next 
few years. It, yeah. Especially when they start issuing perps and all that kind, it doesn't look very very clean. Not not to say clean, uh, not very clear cut. No like, to me, it's very simple. It's a very simple thing. Yeah, you know, yes. As far as perps is concerned, yes. you know, to me, it's an accounting issue yes. because the accountants are not recognizing. Although yeah. I'm an accountant, yes, accountants are not recognizing that the papers that issued in Malaysia are debts. Yes, they are not equity. All right. That's crazy. Yes, legally you can tell me that oh, there's no obligation, blah blah blah. But hello, hello. After five years, there's a step up. Yes. If you don't redeem, yes, it's going to step up exactly and go up higher and higher. Yeah. yeah. If that happens, do you think the company is not going to redeem? <laughs> and as a company, you can't say that oh, just because I issued PEPs is not a liability. Yeah. It is a liability. It is. Yeah. It is. It costs money. And how can you say when you raise your perpetuals? Oh, I got cash rich now. I'm cash rich. <laughs> I mean, come on lah. You know, so I get, I get quite... Chissed off, right? Yeah, you, you so go, when I look at these things, I find that... You go to your personal that, loan, they say, I'm cash rich. Cash yeah, yeah, cash rich. I'm cash rich. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I got a loan. You know, so... Issue equity back to the bank. <laughs> no, see, because the accountants, the auditors have expressed an opinion to say those are not debts. Yes. So the company fell is equity, what? Why? Actually, when uh, you know, I'm 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 trained as an engineer, like Pankaj. When I first understood the concept of perps, right, I scratched my head. You know, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, so you mean there's a loan that is in perpetuity? So who's who's who who is the eventual banker? You know that kind of thing. I I couldn't figure it you out. Couldn't you know? figure it out. I couldn't figure. Out. I mean, logic wise, ah, uh, common sense, yeah. right? I think. Mm, actually, bonds, ah, uh, I was thought that you have a maturity, then you get your principal back, whatever. Then when perps, right, it was like. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> this land yeah. can be no, that is years, why yeah. exactly because of the word perpetual yeah. is equity. Equity is perpetual. Yeah, perpetual yeah. And, and you know Warren Buffett, right? He says for companies that he invests in, right? He views equity is the most expensive thing to give up. It is. But equity a, is the most expensive. Yeah, because it's in perpetuity, man, and ah. it rises in value. But that is for a good company. But yeah. in this case, you are issuing out equity. Survival for survival yeah. and depreciates in value in a way. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I find it very disturbing yeah, yeah. when I look at these things uh, that being misused yes. uh, yeah. to a certain extent. And to the limit... And when you look, I mean, mm. when you look financial statements yeah. and you look at these companies with perpetual, yeah. the dividend that they are paying or the coupon that they're paying, yeah. you know, it's not out of the profit and loss statement. It's out of the equity. Mm. Right, so they overstate their PNL. Yes. Right? so if I report sixty million profit, actually it's only twenty million because forty million is actually the interest yeah. that I paid for the perpetual. For the but I don't show it in my PNL. Yes. And on the cash flow, it should be. Does it appear in the financing or the operation? It should be the financing, financing. part, right? Financing. So that's another. That's another ah, trick. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah, because technically you are getting all these perpetuals to fund that's your operation. Correct. correct. So you see how misleading it is? Yes. So I blame it on the accountants. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know? You cannot. You, yeah. you cannot say this is equity. Yeah. This is this is debt. Yeah, Simple as that. Yeah, that's crazy. That a real perpetual is the one that doesn't have a step up. Then mm. you call it perpetual, I have no issue. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 why you see. Here we are, we are enjoying ourselves discussing about these yeah, issues. Man. But to the layman investor, they're like Where's all this going? Uh? What does it happen to my... I thought you buy this share, you see profit <laughs> go up, you know, that, that, that kind of thing. No, no. Yeah, yeah. But I, I have to ask you this. Uh, since you write so many articles, right? Do, do you get feedback by people emailing you, giving you text? Uh, hey, text messages, yeah. Lah. Do, oh, you need your mobile number there? No, no, no. no. <laughs> friends, friends. friends, oh, friends. But no one email you and say, uh, oh, I think oh, you're wrong or right. One or, or two people. There was one article that really got 
got everyone cheesed off. Uh, oh, what was it? Uh, I can't remember which one was it. And I think there were like 300 comments on Facebook. Wow. wow. <laughs> Must have been politics related then. Uh, because stars sometimes put it on their Facebook. Okay. Yeah, so they were like... So it will go viral. Like, yeah, yeah, it went viral. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there was one that I actually talked about the debt level of the country. Uh. Oh. And that one actually even got the response from the ministry. Whoa, okay, okay. <laughs> Who tried to tell me that I was wrong. Mm. Because I said a debt is a debt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the way because I look at it, you know, you have official debt. Yes. Then you have statutory debt. Then you have federal government debt. Yep. There's so many definitions. Yeah, yeah, correct. So the to me, it doesn't matter yeah. what debt you're talking about. Yeah. Off balance sheet. Yeah, off balance sheet. Well, that's the scary off one. Off balance is. sheet is still a debt. Yes. You cannot say it's not a debt. Yeah. All right? So that's Our why I said... loans are off balance sheet. That's why I said a debt is a debt, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I've got like almost 50,000 uh, views on my LinkedIn on that article alone. <laughs> that was the most most read article. Yeah. Do, do, you have a, do you have a proudest article? That, yeah, that's uh, one of them. That's uh. the one. Uh. <laughs> Is there one where you are... Obviously, you know, they're all published, so obviously you think they're, they're good stuff. But is there one that... Uh, what's the right word? Maybe a last... Regret I'm writing it. Yeah. <laughs> Semi-regret. Semi obviously. Semi-regret. <laughs> you know? None. None. Perfect. 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 Um... I only have one last question, which is about, you know, how are you personally investing in this sort of environment? I think cash is important at the moment. I see. Mm. Yeah, so I think it's best to stay aside for a while. Mm. Uh, I see headwinds. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not comfortable until and unless I see what the Fed does. Okay. I see. Yeah, and, you know, I think we are in for a tough time going forward. Do you okay. foresee this prolonging six months? Yeah, months? something like that. Okay. Something okay. like that. Yeah. But there could be some opportunities along the way. Mm. We have seen some some stocks really being pushed down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they may overshoot. Yeah. Uh, if they do, then it's an opportunity to accumulate. Especially when valuations become yeah, I think so some, attractive. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are very familiar with the tech stocks and all yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they are here to stay, some yes. of them. Yeah. So I think if valuations come a bit more attractive, yes. Yeah. Because Malaysia be always has this valuation premium, especially when it comes to tech, right? Back to differ. You know, yeah. certain stocks, yes, not yeah. all. Yeah. 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 Some yeah. are still kind of uh, team plays rather than anything else. Mm, 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 you know, mm. like all the EV types. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, one last thought for yep, me. Yep. Oh, question uh, more. <laughs> uh, actually, we did discuss this uh, off the pot, but I wanted to bring yep, it yep. for the audience. Um, readership. And ability to comprehend, yeah, and, yeah. and the choices of why you choose to write for a more, um, I would say, slightly wider. No, I wouldn't say slight. Wider distribution versus mm -hmm. that of a very niche. Now, was it very uh, conscious of you when you decided to write for one daily compared to another more business type kind of? Uh, yeah, when I when I first left the industry, uh, of course I thought what to do. Mm. Yeah, and one of them was to go back to writing. Mm. You used to write in the industry. Uh, not as much, right? Well, once a month lah, but that was years ago. I see. I think before you guys were in the market. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I used to write actually. I, see. I used to have a column. Ah. And it was not only in the Star. I also had a column in Sinchu. Oh, Sinchu. Of course, I didn't write in Mandarin. So they have to translate, they translate it uh. into Mandarin. Yeah. So I had article then, but that was once a month. You know. Not very serious that mm, time, mm, but mm. since I came out and I wanted to do something, yeah, there are two things I wanted to do when I left. Mm. 
one is of course writing and the other one was to do a little bit of training mm. yeah, because I also do some uh, CPE training yeah, mm. for those people who are licensed and all that. Mm. So I started some programs. I'm basically freelance. So I work through some training agencies where they will run the programs mm. and I'll just come in to do the show. Mm, mm, mm. And of course for writing, I, I did ask Star actually you know, that whether they are comfortable for me to, or give me a column to write, say, yeah, for you, no problem. Mm, mm. So I started with them, all right, uh, because I wanted to start almost right away mm, after mm. I left. Uh, so along the way, of course, another publication also asked me, yeah. Uh, but then after that, I found that uh, Star perhaps gives me a wider audience. Uh, and the readers are a bit different compared to a more niche market mm. yeah, where it's a bit more business focused. Mm -hmm. So I wanted a wider audience. Uh, reason is because uh, I also feel that it's an opportunity to educate investors, inform investors, mm. you know, or give opinion or share my views. Mm. Yeah, so that's the reason why I, I stayed on uh, with Star. In yes. fact, today was the date today. Today is the 6th. Or just... I think I, my first article was 9th of June. Wow. <laughs> so wow. it's almost four years ago. Uh, yeah, nice. 9th of June 2018. Okay. Yeah. okay. So almost four years ago. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think, have you gotten, um, I know um, we've asked this earlier, but have you got, what's the most positive feedback that you've gotten? And yeah. what's the most negative feedback you've gotten in a way? I mean, of course, there are people who write on uh, Facebook, uh, especially in Star's Facebook, yeah. not my Facebook. Okay. <laughs> Where they comment because Star will share those articles there. Yeah, so, of course, you will find all kinds of comments. Yeah? Mm, some mm, people mm. will say negative things. Rubbish some will say, yeah, yeah. Some will say positive things. Well say blah, blah, blah. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, but personally, I do get some messages from friends and, you know, uh, close contacts. Okay. Uh, so, some find it interesting. Some find it... I mean, of course, if they find it not interesting, they will probably not comment. <laughs> 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 yeah, but occasionally, I do get uh, response, mm -hmm. yeah, from from friends and close contacts who will say that oh, great article, mm, you know. Maybe your last thoughts about a legacy <laughs> that you want to leave for. Maybe okay, I know you may not want to say hey, personal legacy, I don't <laughs> talk, but but maybe a legacy where you think a better generation for Malaysia, uh, a, a better Malaysia for the next generation. Where where do you? place your hope on? Where do you think in your role, your capacity, you can actually help? Either through investment? I think we, we well, investment is just one part of the equation as mm. far as where, if you look at all the, uh, if you look at everything around you, yeah, uh, but I think the country's direction is more important mm, than mm. investment. Investment can become very lucrative if the country's direction is, is, is headed in the, the right, right direction. path. Yeah. Uh, but I'm rather saddened that I think you read probably, yeah. Uh, two of the current very bright MPs oh, yes, have expressed an opinion that they may not be standing elections. Mm. So I feel sad that you know the the great minds um, who have very good thoughts and direction, uh, you know, felt that the system is not right mm, yeah, in mm, terms mm. of them continuing serving, and therefore they decided to take a break. Not mm. sure whether they're going to come back mm, later. Mm. Uh, but it also sends a wrong message yeah, to others who feel that... I mean, if you look at the parliament, you have 222 uh, lawmakers. lawmakers. <laughs> All you need is just about 120, 130 of them. You know? uh, we need smart, 
visionary, <laughs> uh, people who have uh, great leadership skill. We just need 120, 130 of them yeah, to be in the parliament to shape the country. That's all. Yeah, and sadly, we don't have. Yeah, because the politicians who continue to play politics day in, day out, yeah, has spoiled the party, has spoiled the... the, the Wisdom of the crowd, ma. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you reach a stage where you feel very frustrated mm. yeah, that these things are happening. Mm. And uh, people who think they can contribute are not able to. And Actually, there's a lot of Malaysians who want to. Yeah, who they want see to. Hurdles, you Correct, see. they see hurdles, they see uh, roadblocks, you know, they can't... Even if they present an idea, is killed off, you know. So, we can't move forward. Mm. Yeah. So, all I hope is that one day we get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That uh, we get very decent lawmakers uh, who think of the riot, yeah, not mm. themselves. Uh. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> because politics, politicians has politics, politics has become so bad that they all think long short term. Yeah, because to them, once you're elected, you only have five years. Yeah. Just correct until the maximum, then bye-bye. <laughs> so who is there to plan ahead for Malaysia for the next 10 years, 15, 20 years? Yes. There's none. Yeah. All right? So they're all looking after themselves in terms of, oh, how do I get re-elected? Re yes. You know, that kind of thing. So yeah. it's not healthy. Yeah. Uh, people are not, politicians are not thinking of the national agenda, mm. but they're thinking of their personal agenda. Correct. Yeah. So that's not right. Yeah. So I, mean, I don't know how to change this. For I mean, me, I think Singapore. A lot of system people talk about the third force, uh, independent. It, it's not working. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't have that momentum. I, I, I wish actually to be honest that they implement the Singapore system. Because I, I feel that's something that you see the struggle for a politician like Rafizi Ramli, for example. Yeah. He went to campaign on a you know I I have to salute the family's patients putting up with him going to all these yeah, places yeah. to do There's all that. There's a lot of sacrifice. There's that. a lot of sacrifice. And yet, all this actually needs resources. Yeah, when yeah, you say yeah. resources means money. Yeah. So how are they financing themselves to do all this? Uh, politics is money. Yes, it is. Um, you know, uh, on the crude remark, it says it's there to make money. But at the yeah. same time, you also need money to yeah. showcase your message, to showcase your agenda, you see. And I feel that from, from my perspective, the Singapore system is... Not perfect, but close enough where you pay ministers well enough, you pay politicians well enough that you don't need to worry about financing. Rather, you, re you, you worry about supporting the national agenda, thinking long term. And then you are yeah. paid like an employee, lah, in a way, a very well oh, paid employee. MPs are very well paid. Eh? Yeah. yeah. You know, they are very well paid. And you know, after, I think after three years, if you're not mistaken, eh, in uh, one term, after three years, right, uh, you're, you're already entitled to pen pension. Pension for life, right? Correct. Yes. So it's a very lucrative position actually and, and, and of course if you are a minister or some other thing you know you get extra yes, you know yes. some of them are already drawing hundred thousand a year so, i mean a month a month so you don't yeah, think so it's the money is it's not really it's more than that mm. yeah mm. And, and that that hundred thousand is like nothing you know it's just a <laughs> small change yeah because yeah. you see that you know people wants to go into politics for different reasons prestige power power and money mm. right yeah. So, you know, we can go on and on, yeah. but yeah, I, I don't want to take up too much of your yeah, time. It's already uh, two hours. Thank yeah. you, first of all, thank you for coming. Thank you, guys. Also, thank you so much for the work you do in educating <laughs> the public. Yeah. Thanks, Certainly, thanks. you have educated me. Yeah. And yeah, guys, uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, you know, share it with your friends, like, comment, subscribe, and if go you want check out 
uh, his articles. Yes, right. And the star. If uh, you want Pankaj to come back, please give yeah. us a comment as well. <laughs> Actually, you, you, I want, you I want don't him. say also he will yeah, we'll come like, back for a party. You see, if, if they put in the, yeah. if they put in a comment, then uh, more, more reason for Pankaj not to reject. You see. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. so yeah, thank you so much for coming thanks, on the podcast, thanks. and yeah. guys, we'll see you in the next one.